Alright, it looks like we're good to go here, everyone. What's going on, guys? Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast, with this being show number 299, right on the doorstep of 300. Oof, wow, almost there, guys. Almost there. I'm Invader, the host for the show, and I'm happy to see you all here, as per usual. Lots to go over tonight from the Xbox Developer Direct. Uh, quite a few games to dissect, and but you know what we're excited for, and so on. Uh, different release dates. Uh, man, lots to uh, go into there. Plus, we got to uh, talk up the surprise hit Pal World. Wow, this one is uh, taking the gaming world by storm in just a matter of days, if not like hours after it released. Um, all this, and maybe a bit more if we can, but uh, definitely lots to talk about. First though, let me introduce the panel, starting off with Centurion. Cent, how you been? I'm doing pretty good. Just been having a lot of fun this week, uh, going to a big-ass car, car auction here in Phoenix uh gaming when i can and when i am gaming i'm pretty much wrapped completely around elder scrolls finger right now i can't get out of it i i finally cleared out some of the expansions that i needed to finish to where i can now start just focusing solely on uh necrom so i could get ready for the new expansion uh dabbled in pal world for a little while just been kind of just Hit hit or miss when it comes to gaming this week, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So you've been palling around? A little bit. <laughs> uh, it's all good. All good, man. Um, yeah, I think everybody has kind of put in a little bit of time into Power World. Uh, looking forward to talking about that. Um, moving on down over to the Dots. Dotsmeister, how you been? I've been good. And honestly... When I haven't been working or doing stuff around the house with my girlfriend, I've been playing Power World. So it's it it's t it's taken me by the by by the neck, and um, no, I I love it, and I can't wait to get into that conversation about it. Um, also about the the Xbox Direct, there was some good stuff out of that too. So good st good topics for today. Can't wait for another mm -hmm. good Sunday night with the boys. That's right, and I cannot wait. You've probably been slapping around a whole bunch of those uh, sheep pals, haven't you? <laughs> the the ragdoll physics with them is amazing, and they will roll down hills, like, indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. there's a merging functionality with those, and our one friend has, like, done the max tier merging with the sheep, and it's kind of hilarious. Hmm. He was like, I'm out of balls. And we're like, what do you mean? We made you like 70. And he was like, yeah, but I caught 70 sheep. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, lots of crazy stuff you can do with that game, even though it is early access. Uh, moving on down. Grimes. Grimes, what have you been up to? What's up? Uh, I'm good. Uh, like... The rest of the guys, I've been playing this small indie game that most of you probably haven't heard of, Power World. Uh, just a few hundred people have been playing it. Nothing. No way. Spectacular. Yeah, nothing spectacular. <laughs> but yeah, it's I've been hundred. good. <laughs> yeah. And, and can't wait to talk about the Xbox Direct and uh, this uh, spectacular game, Power World. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely lots to talk about there. Uh, Crusader, what's up at your end? Yeah, nothing much. Um, I actually legitimately did play other games, but I actually can't remember anything that I played other than Power World because I've been playing it and hosting a server on my computer for the last, like, three days. It, it's been good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the Direct because the Direct is also very good, but, like, man, Power World is really good. Mm-hmm. No, the Direct was... Um... I gotta say it was pretty decent. Um, oh, I liked it. You know, uh, we were watching it. Uh, well, a lot of us were watching it live anyways. And I had the chance to. And yeah, no, for the most part, I liked what I saw. Um, some nice little surprises in there too. But yeah, Pal World. Pal World just uh, taking, taking everything by storm. Taking names. Uh, I know. I think General MLD will be here soon, guys. He's just running a little late. Um, guys, a very, very quick reminder to just smash that like button and share out the show as we would love to have more awesome people here listening in with us and hey, being active in the chat as well. Already see Thimber there. Hey, Thimber. Glad to see you're enjoying Pal World. Uh, again, quite the game. Quite the game, guys. All right. Uh, let's see here. You know what? I'm not going to waste any more time because, again, there's a lot to go over here. Um, but yeah, let's start getting into the news. And of course, we're kicking things off talking about the Xbox Developer Direct. It, sh it, uh, yeah, it showcased upcoming titles such as Avowed, Hellblade 2, Aura History Untold, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, plus a nice little surprise there, Visions of Mana, a game we already knew about but wasn't expecting it to be there, but, you know, not, it was nice nonetheless. Uh, yeah, we got some really good deep dives into the games, with some release dates to boot, some were more vague than others. I could go into further detail, but I do not want to spoil the fun for my panel friends. Uh, let's see here, originally I was going to kick things off with the general, uh, he hasn't uh, moseyed in yet, but uh, let's see here. I tell you what, Grimes, why don't you uh, kick us off here since the general's not around at the moment? Uh, what did, uh, you know, you can share your thoughts with us on the Direct. Uh, what what did you think of the Direct? Uh, honestly, was this a pretty good way to kick off the new year? Yeah, of course. So I would rate it probably a B plus. I really like the Direct. Uh, was pleasantly surprised with uh, all of what they've shown of course i would have liked a few more games but uh they'll be showing us i'm sure they're gonna have more directs throughout the year maybe one more and then they're gonna have partner uh events as well so uh plenty plenty of stuff to come i'm not worried about that but let's talk about indiana jones i like many was slightly disappointed about the announcement of it being in first person. It's even a topic amongst other game developers, but in all honesty, I don't care. It's a creative decision by a phenomenal studio that specializes in making dope first person games. So I respect that decision. You know, just like Cyberpunk, I wanted Cyberpunk to be third person, but I, I got over it, and it was one of my favorite games of the year. Deus Ex is another example. First person with third person 
moments and it was still a great game. We discussed last week how would the lasso play uh, work and play in first person and judging by, by what we, we saw, uh, it actually looks a lot of fun. We know the shooting mechanics uh, are going to be next level, so not worried about that. Um, and same goes for the story, excluding Young Blood, of course. Uh, all the Wolfenstein games have been top notch with the story. Really happy with the graphics, too. I think they look great. Um, obviously, we're judging it by what we've, the small amount we've seen uh, on the uh, gameplay trailer. But it, the game does have the feel of the old classic movies. So I'm really happy about that. Um, the 20, uh, 2024 release window is a touch and go, in my opinion. I, I um, think that they don't even know the release date yet, but uh, hopefully we can get it, uh, get it this year. Um, yeah, I just love everything about what they've shown uh, from that Indiana Jones trailer. Love the uh, all the characters feel alive. The uh, voice acting seem. Uh, good too, and uh, I'm here to kill some Nazis, you know. Uh, moving on to our uh, history untold, I know for a fact that I'll spend hundreds of hours playing that game. Looks like a blast. And uh, Mech Warriors are confirmed. So, yeah, uh, day one for me. Uh, nothing more to say about that game. I'm I've, I've talked about it previously. I'm hyped to play it, and it looks so much fun. Uh, and then Hellblade too. Look, last week I said that I didn't need to see any more of Hellblade, and I still feel the same way. Uh, but mate, I, I was blown away by the uh, fighting sequences. They look awesome and gruesome uh, AF. Uh, very happy for uh, the team that the game is nearing its polishing uh, status and ready for it to release in four months. Uh, I mean, May can't come soon, soon enough. Um, but the thing that it's been on most people's conversations and topics, it's kind of really annoys me it's uh, uh all the positivity from that game got completely overshadowed by uh, some irrelevant topics the length of the game uh gets revealed and people are all up in arms eight to ten hours it's a good length for a cinematic experience. Uh, I like playing my uh, 50 to 80 hour, 80 hour games, but I just don't care. As long as the game and the experience is good, that's what matters. Uh, the 
the eight-hour campaign hasn't even been confirmed. All they said was that expect about the same length as the first game. I mean, I uh, thought the first one was okay, to be honest with you, lengthwise. Um, absolutely. Like, honestly, when people say, like, eight or nine hours, or whatever, seven, like, I, I might take a little longer just because I like to, you know, depending on the game, you know, screw around, explore, whatever it may be, right? So, you know, maybe I might pad on an extra hour, two hours to that, right? Sounds like a pretty good time, uh, time frame to me. To be honest, especially, I mean, we've got so many games to play. I feel like, and we have work, so many other things to do. I feel like most people would be happy about that length. And I'm like you. Uh, whenever I play, like most of the time when I play games, I usually take longer than the uh, the length of uh, how long the game would take to beat. So if it's eight hours, I would probably spend about two extra hours or three extra hours playing that game but uh, who cares uh, I have no complaints I'm gonna take my sweet time playing it and then there was also that physical copy conversation I know how some of you guys feel about physical copies um, but even some of the people in media were, uh, were complaining about it uh, can someone genuinely explain to me what's the obsession with music, uh, physical media? Do you not realize that this are basically licenses nowadays? It allows um, the game to be sold even after licenses run out for things like music. That's the yep. big thing. That's, it's that's a preservation the issue. Thing. It's yeah. a big preservation. I own over six, six, seven hundred discs in the room I'm standing in right now. And I am like, dude, f preserving a physical media is basically getting to the point where Hollywood directors like James Cameron have come out and said that they won't deal with companies that choose to not do physical releases of their content. Yeah. Like it, it's starting, mm -hmm. it's starting to become a point of contention that people that are predominant directors in Hollywood feel that the entertainment industry is actually doing a disservice to both the industry and the consumers by not offering physical releases. Yeah, a big example, uh, at least in TV film, are like a bunch of the, the shows and movies that have been delisted from HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, following the 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 merger of HBO and uh, Discovery. Discovery, the things have been delisted, but they were original to streaming services, and now there is no way to legally gain access to them. Because like physical isn't a perfect solution, because if you have limited quantities, the prices can go up insane. Like look at the cop, like the price of like Pokemon games, like older ones. Like black and uh, a new copy of Black and White Two goes for like six hundred on Amazon, used is like one hundred eighty. Um. But you can still get copies of that game today if you if you want to. Um, so like that's a big issue. And Hellblade has a lot of like the original Hellblade has a ton of license to music in it. Yeah. Um, right. They they had like all of the like the chanting and things like that were made by outside groups that they actually licensed to make it. And then the end credit song is a completely licensed song from VM VMF. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so so, so when like, it comes I, to the... it could be the same problem in two. So when it comes to the digital release only for Hellblade 2, and I know Alan Wake 2 and other games in the past, um, I really do see that, you know, this was a direction that they were tr trying to push. And now they're starting to see push back 
Yeah. Because it, it it's got so because okay, so because of like what uh Crusader mentioned with HBO Max, we've also seen Paramount Plus actually starting to restrict uh, access to the Star Trek franchise, which has a huge fan base. Yeah. We've also saw the Discovery Channel uh, restrict access to a lot of their shows, which is why Sony had to basically screw over a large amount of their consumer base and not offer refunds. I feel like I really do feel like at this point, right, government regulators should come in and say, yeah. if you ever restrict access or take access away this is no longer a licensing bs thing if you if you do this you owe your customers refunds and if i could be the person in control in the government doing this i would go in and retroactively say any content that has been taken away from consumers for the past five years you have to go back and refund them yeah. because this this is not right. Like you don't get to steal money from somebody. Mm -hmm. And because of all everything that we have just discussed with what's going on in the movie industry, Panasonic has actually come out and released a, a memo about a month ago saying that they have actually ramped up production for Blu-ray players because all of a sudden the demand for Blu-ray players has gone up. And basically, like at this point, I think the the world of streaming and and digital retail only media has peaked, and I really do think at this point they they, they got a slippery slope of a downhill spiral that they're gonna have to deal with because it basically consumers have caught on that you can buy this content and try to go use it in the future and find out that they took your money and ran. Mm -hmm. I yeah. Mean, I no, go ahead, go ahead, uh, Crusader. Yeah, I was gonna say like that, like the 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 huge, huge, huge issue that like we're we're looking at is the the sheer fact that it's been in these terms of services for forever, but like, is it acceptable? And people kind of accepted it because no one thought that like anything like this would happen. But we've now seen the consequences, right? Like yeah. we, we 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 we've seen it, and we we know they're willing to do this kind of stuff to us, and that's why, like. Going digital only is kind of like laughably scary. Um, that's why it's like with Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate three came out digital only originally, right? Um, but they then came out with a hundred dollar physical edition, which I feel like is the thing that we should be asking these companies to go to is the collectors' physical editions that puts these physical editions on the market, right? Like, because it is going to be a niche market, but it's never going to be a non-zero uh, market. Like, there's always going to be customers that want the physical copy that they can own and have in their hands. And so, like, I understand them not doing a full retail version, but not having even a collector's edition with a physical is wild to me. Well, e even even Disney has started backtracking on... Uh, this whole situation, because if you notice, you can go in and buy physical releases now of the Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and others. And now they're steel books that trust me, they're high dollar items. Yeah. yeah. But I, I but even Disney's like, oops, because, yeah, they found out that there is a huge uh, untapped potential for making revenue from people that absolutely refuse to actually subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah. Like. 
And it's been one of the things that I've said. It's like one of the reasons why Game Pass actually works is because Game Pass is built on top of a store. That being said, I still think digital needs to be run in parallel with physical in the same way. That like you're going to miss too large of an audience. Um, it it now, should always be an option. Yeah, it should always be an option. I agree in a sense. It's just, you know, um, you know, like for me, for example, I, I buy vinyl records, uh, not, not because like, it, it just to collect them. Like right. I still have a digital versions of whatever vinyl records I buy. Um, and the, the vinyl record market is actually growing. Like the last thing in the last 10 years, it has been growing faster than ever before because yep. like people people want them yeah uh unlike you know like spotify obviously it's a it's pretty much a ripoff but it, i digress i don't want to uh, keep di uh, getting deeper and deeper into that um i just you know for i'm one of those people that have been digital only since 2010 um and uh, i i used to live in new york and you know, in New York, faces are very limited. So it's not like I could uh, hold my uh, physical media anywhere. So that's why I chose to go that path. And I feel like a lot of these companies, they're just trying to save money by not uh, releasing physical media as well. That's that's exactly what they're they're doing. They're they're saving money, but they're also trying to entrap you into their ecosystems rather than having to sell through third parties. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, not necessarily horrible. It's just that, like, I, I think people are more uh, not upset that there isn't, like, a standard edition physical, but there is no way to get a physical, yeah. right? Yeah. And they, they, could, they could end up making more money on the physicals than they could on the digitals if they start selling them in specifically, like, larger, more expensive editions. Which, the fact that we ever accepted that a physical copy of a game should cost the same as a digital copy of a game in general, when, like, the digital copy isn't costing them a logistics fee, like, they don't ship it anywhere, they don't have to, they don't yeah. have to make it, they don't have to ship it. The fact that we ever accepted that there was a difference in price is wild to me. But, like, if, if, if they wanted to truly make something on these, they should just be making things like the Baldur's Gate 3 physical edition that they did and, it, and if they if they're going to say they're going to it's going to come out after launch and like they're going to launch the game digital only and then they're going to launch a physical edition as a collector's edition later that's also a perfectly fine thing in in, in uh for me it's just that like the, the sheer fact that there could come a day where a new person cannot buy or access a game that's a problem to me mm -hmm. um and having a physical copy as long as you're not an always online game, a physical copy guarantees that even for a exorbitant price, someone can. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the other solution would be to release them on GOG. Right, DRM-free. DRM-free yeah. digital would solve the problem too, but mu like if you license any form of music through a third party, mm -hmm. they're not going to let you, like, they're not going to allow you to license that content into, uh, uh, into a game that is DRM-free. Yeah. Like, you'll never see a GTA that is DRM free in the modern era. Yeah, yeah definitely not. Mm -hmm. But, and, you know, probably, I, mean, I would love to see Microsoft release on G. I mean, they have some games like Psychonauts too, and a bunch of old Bethesda games, but I can't see any modern Microsoft game going to uh, GOG, but I would love that. 
and it will preserve those games. Yep. And then, like, that is the perfect alternative. Like, a GOG launch is a perfect alternative. Now, with Microsoft, it's not as bad as with other companies because Microsoft releases the game on PC, and therefore you can yeah. get a cracked version if they were ever to delist it. Because, like, I'm very anti-piracy, except for when a game becomes unlisted. If you physically cannot buy a game, then, to me, that's abandonware. And, like, a actually, out, get it. same thing with movies. Just to actually kind of point, just to point this out, I'm glad you brought up piracy. So let's bring let's bring in a very interesting concept to piracy. It's not right for me to illegally acquire the ability to listen to a song, watch a movie, play a game, what have you, against a multi-million dollar company, whether it's Capitol Records, Universal Studios, Xbox Game Studios, Ubisoft, what right. have you. Some of these companies are even billion dollar companies. So why is it okay for one of these companies to go in and take my digital yep. content as a consumer that makes only tens of thousands of year a year? Yep. So you're telling me that shame on me for pirating, but it's cool for you to come in and steal my shit? Yeah, because it, it it falls into the argument. Um, if I don't own it, then it's then how then like, is it theft? If it can't be owned, can it be stolen? Um, technically yes, like legally yes, that's absolutely the case. Um, but it, it the it brings up the 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 fantastic consumer conundrum that we're faced with. Um, and that's where it's like. I have no problem with someone going out and grabbing an ISO or a uh, or a ROM for an old Pokemon game that they haven't bothered to allow players to play on a modern platform. Like I have, I have absolutely no problem with someone telling me they did that. If you tell me you're going to go out and steal Cyberpunk, I'm going to have a bigger bit of a bigger problem with that statement, mm -hmm. just because like you can go out and get a copy of that DRM free right now, and it will yeah. permanently always be yours. Like you know what I mean? And it, it's just it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there was there was mm -hmm. a case of a bunch of Nintendo fans buying, uh, I think, po Pokemon on the Switch store and then uh, playing a cracked version or something like that. I yep. I forget. Yeah, that that's a very common thing with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, uh, more enfranchised, like just in general tech like tech people who like do Nintendo, they will often buy a copy of the game and then pirate a PC copy of the game so that they can play it much better on their computer. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's questionable, but I'm not going to actually like, you know, that, that, that you, you bought the copy. Like I, I, I don't, whatever, do what you want. And like it, they, you can make your own ROMs too. You just need a jailbroken switch. Like I have all of my, 3ds games backed up on my computer because i have a uh, jailbroken 3ds that i mm -hmm. use to rip my own roms so that i can put them on my pc so that if my physical copies ever break i have permanent copies of them as backups yeah, yeah I, I have like want... some of yeah. go ahead sorry I, I was gonna say i don't want you guys to think i'm like championing for piracy um it's just like so you guys know what i do for a living is i, I am supposed to make a company of money by in, like i guess you'd say any means necessary right. but i have my own ethics i always look out for the consumer like because i'm in charge of the the departments i i actually refuse the price gouge 
like during the pandemic, you know, we could have raised our prices exorbitantly, but we chose not to. And it really gave us a good customer, you know, customer service image because of it. Um, I'm not championing for piracy, but I, I do not like how literally multi-million dollar companies are telling me to be, are telling the consumers to be concerned for their pocketbook. But these multi-million dollar companies have, are showing absolutely no concern at all for someone for basically the consumer's pocketbook it, it feels like a one-way street and i could see why some people are turning to the avenues that like crusader is describing and what we always hear about when we get on social media and youtube and, and anymore it's like it's like they're losing the argument on why people shouldn't pirate stuff because they are actually blatantly going around taking content that people have paid for so it's it's basically creating a total double standard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, last thing I'll say, you know, about the uh, direct uh, the Xbox Direct is that obviously the standout of the uh, Xbox Direct was the uh, Indiana Jones game, but I was really impressed by the the last game uh, that you know avowed. I love the art, the vibrant. Uh, environments and worlds, the writing uh, and characters seem believable and real. Uh, obviously, if you didn't like the outer worlds, then this game is probably not for you. But uh, I really liked what I saw. The fighting is probably the, the weakest uh, from what they've shown, but I'm not worried. I'm more I'm more interested about the characters, the story, and the world. Uh, and Skyrim, for example, doesn't have a greatest fighting, but it's still one of the greatest fantasy games of all time. And, you know, if you think about it, Microsoft could actually win Publisher of the Year if all the, card, if all the cards fall, fall in the right place. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The, uh, the whole year is packed, especially the f fall. Um, but they'll probably have to uh, figure out how to face all those games releasing uh, this year to give them some breathing room. But yeah, I, I was happy with what I, what I saw. And yeah they could actually win publisher of the year depending if all those games uh hit it hit it but uh can't wait to hear what you guys have to have to say mm -hmm. yeah that's right i am interested because there are some vague release dates there that they did give um you know it's just more of a, like a general placeholder for now for a lot of them uh, i saw that the you know yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah go ahead i was gonna say towerborn is still a game that's supposed to release this year as well so, that, so is flight another. sim 24 yeah mm -hmm. no that's right guys that's right uh i did see the general sneak in uh, through the back there general mld what's going on bud hey yeah i'm doing good over here uh, i don't, I don't want to bother you guys you guys seem really really into that there yeah, good good stuff it's all good. Uh, why don't you join in, man? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you watched the uh, the direct. I, I actually, in fact, I know you caught it. Um, I don't know. Got any thoughts on it? Yeah, it was exactly what uh, Xbox needed. 
like uh, coming off these like really weird rumors and narratives about third party Xbox cuts through all that noise and uh, just shows us what it's all about the games like they're pretty transparent they packed it full of uh yeah just background knowledge and show lots of gameplay for everything and I think Indiana Jones that stole the show uh, that much is uh, that much I see myself included I wasn't too hyped about that game but now I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, I, I, let's go through all the games here, like off the top of my head here. Hellblade 2, yeah, they show that game all they have to now. It's ready to go. I'm glad it's coming in May. Everything looks better. The combat looks brutal. It looks refined. Looking forward to that. Um, people are talking about, because, you know, people like to find, you know, negativity wherever they can. The, they point out it's a shorter game. I don't mind. Like... The first game was also pretty short, but the experience, like, I'll never forget it. And I feel like the second one will, will be no exception. And we're getting a lot of long games in general these days. I wouldn't mind a, a shorter, more compact, but quality game here and there. So, uh, good on Xbox for doing variety. Like, because, you know, Xbox, they're, they're known for, like, social games, multiplayer games, uh, first-person games. Uh, this is a nice game in moderation, you know? I'm glad they're doing these kinds of things. So that aside, I saw I came in when you, when you guys were talking about the whole digital only kind of thing, and I'm I'm on the fence about this one. I, I can kind of see both sides. On the one hand, I do agree that if it's a top Xbox Studio kind of game, because we we heard about this game when they uh, were, when they were advertising the Series X, like they they were they were showcased back to back. So I, I get it. Like, I do see the appeal of doing maybe, like, a special edition uh, physical copy. But I believe what I've been hearing on the other side of the fence is that because the game is only six, seven hours, give or take, um, and the costs associated with printing and shipping physical discs and the cover arts and stuff like that, I feel like if they were to do that, they might have to bump up the game's price to, say, $60 physical. And that might go into a territory where is it worth paying $60 for a six-hour game with no multiplayer features? So with questionable questionable replay value? So that's kind of where I kind of get the conversation. So if it's digital only, you get the save on all that kind of cost. Just keep it purely digital. Just advertise um, on, on you know gaming websites on the Xbox console itself. And yeah, knock ten dollars off, make it more easily justifiable to purchase purchase the game. But of course, um, yeah, I think they're going off the data. They see that Xbox gamers, for the most part, play uh, play digital. And I mean, I myself, I'm not gonna lie, I I'm playing this game on Game Pass. Even if they had a physical version, I was gonna play it on Game Pass. So, and I think they do know that. Like, this is the ecosystem they created, and. You know the gamers are you know have been have been conditioned for years to make the most of a service that they've been paying for, so I kind of see why you know um, if they if they do a digital version only game to a bigger game like you know like a future Call of Duty or future or Gear Six okay then I am fully against that fully against that I do think that this might be an exception to the rule purely because this is technically a double A game. Uh, very short, compact game quality, but still compact. So that bit might be the only saving grace that might justify being digital only. So, ah, I, I don't know. I, I get it. 
But overall, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm glad it's coming in May, which is, it's going to be here before we know it. Uh, Avowed, Avowed, it, for the most part, it did wow me. I'm looking forward to these guys. Obsidian, they do not miss. The com, like, it, it just looks like, like, a, like a better version of, of Skyrim, because Skyrim's an older game. So the combat looked, looked more refined. It looks varied, like all the different weapon types, and uh, you can like swap weapon uh, weapon combos on the fly, which, which is it's pretty good. Enemy types look like they have uh, predictable, not predictable, but like they have, they have attack styles that you can read. Like there's a healer, there's one with a shield, they're, they're, there's minions. So you, you can kind of like play out certain attacks and battles accordingly, which is, which is good. You can prioritize targets, which is, involves strategy. So I do like that. The settings look varied and colorful. It's like fantasy outer worlds. Works for me. Uh, choice and consequence. Excellent. I'm all for that. Moral gray area. Games that don't, uh, you know, tell me what's right and wrong or wag their finger at me when I make a choice that I, I want to make. But, you know, they empower you to make the choice that you feel is right. And, and you just see the consequence unfold naturally. That's what I'm all about. So I'm sitting, they are really, really good at that. So there's that, and I, I don't know, my one gripe was that the character models during the conversations, they did look a bit choppy, uh, I'll say maybe, but I'm hoping that it's an older build and this will be addressed uh, on the final uh, launch day. And I'm sure these guys are watching social media and they're seeing the, any, um, any criticism, if, if any, which I think there is some, to be, to be fair, like what I just said. But mostly, the impressions are positive. Like, this is, like, I think it's still, I don't know, would it qualify as a AAA game or, like, a high-end AA game like Outer Worlds 2, guys? Uh, what do you guys think? I don't know. It really depends on what they're going to try and sell it for. Mm-hmm, that's yeah. true. Um, like, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't say one way or another until I see what they're going to try and sell yeah. it for. If they, if they try and sell it for 70 then you know what the budget is. I actually can't believe that, uh, with the budget that has gone into uh, Hellblade, that they're actually going to get away selling it for as low as they are. Hmm. It's like financially. Was there a budget released for Hellblade 2? Like just how much tech they've invested into it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Just looking at it from like, you know the budget has to be extreme. Because the first one was only what ten million dollars, I believe. I remember looking that Correct. up. Correct. It well, yeah. yeah, it was it was only like ten million. Um, uh, and uh, um, I think the game only launched at twenty bucks, if I remember correctly. For thirty. It was thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that uh, also, game uh, yeah. launched Sorry. like cheap. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Epic was helping him a lot, and they gave him uh, a break. That's right, yeah. So, like, they had, they had an implicit... It was technically, like, a larger budget for, like, any other company. Epic, uh, because they, they were, what? They were, like, testing some features with uh, that were going into, like, Unreal 4.5 or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, um, yeah. And uh, um, their, their licensing fees were, like, non-existent for Unreal Engine. So okay. I'm sure uh, this time around is probably the same thing. They probably have some kind of deal. Cause yeah. Yeah, even the budget's like say double or even triple. I don't. I, I, these guys they do a really good job of like punching above their weight. Like it, it, I'm sure, yeah. Like the first one, it's gonna be Hellblade Two is gonna be a, a more linear experience. It's more. It's more like yeah. It's just a, a very unique experience of, from a gameplay perspective. But it is mostly linear. 
right? But it looks next cutting edge, next gen. So these guys are pretty good at making the most of, of, of what is a relatively small team from Xbox here. I feel like Obsidian's in the same waters here. Like, they're not a crazy large studio. I'm, I'm sure they've hired in recent years, but I don't I'm pretty think... sure they're like 200, 300 employees. Yeah, but like a true AAA studio is at least 300, like, in the lowball area. Uh, so it depends on the studio. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, that's it it too. depends on the studio and how they're set up and how, and how they do stuff. Yeah, because um, people like uh, comparing these games to, like, the, the, tip, the, the tippity-top of the Sony AAA studios, like like Gorilla or Naughty Dog, but these guys have like hundreds upon hundreds of employees each, and yeah, you know, Ninja Theory has what a hundred to two hundred tops, right? I can, I can check for you real quick. Give me a minute. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Obsidian, uh, like even though their the total employee count is raised, they are divide themselves between. Uh, I mean, you got like what fifteen people for Grounded, and whoever's 15. making fifty. Yeah, sorry, I said sorry. I meant yeah, fifteen. Yeah, one, and whoever's one making. And if they are dividing their time between Outer Worlds 2 and uh, this as well, I mean, that's another uh, X amount of developers off the project. I don't know. About to me looks like, yeah, it's somewhere between a high-end AA game and a low-end AAA game. They're not quite uh, there yet in terms of... Uh, the game, and the game looks great, but I do feel like the fidelity could be a little bit better. But again, I can't blame them if they, again, they're not a fully fu fl functional triple a studio yet but i feel uh, like they're getting there okay obsidian's estimated staff is 280 okay so they are they, they have increased um but yeah because they, they, they were... built like, they built them a new um headquarters and everything this year uh in the past couple years mm -hmm, yeah. okay um okay i feel like after this check, i'll check ninja theory real quick i feel like after this they would be a triple a studio after avowed comes out like they'll make that full transition but overall, Avowed looks 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 great to me. Like I'm looking forward to playing that if the whole package comes together there. Um, Ara, not much to say about Ara. Um, it's a shame that you know the console got delayed. But all we can hope is that the game turns out great on PC. And if that's the case, fantastic. We'll still we'll still give credit to where it's due, and we'll get it on the Xbox consoles in 2025 sometime. So usually these ports don't take longer than longer than a year so it'll be tw it'll be another 2025 game we can add to xbox's lineup so i yeah, hope that game turns out good for pc gamers visions of mana that looked great too um not my kind of game but i do appreciate uh what it meant because it's the first one to come to xbox and it's from square and between this and final fantasy 14 it does show the budding relationship between the two publishers. It feels like the new uh, the new CEO at um, at Square is a big change of this is a big reason for this change. So I'm hoping that Phil Spencer does with Square like what he did with Sega and you know bringing Persona and Yakuza games to uh, Xbox in the, the way they did. So it, it only bodes well for the future, and I'm hoping even one day the Final Fantasy games don't have to launch you know time exclusive for years on playstation we can somehow get to a point where like like how persona 3 reload is not only coming day one to xbox it's also on game pass day one if we can get this is like a long shot but if phil Spencer does the same thing with sega i mean to square like with sega we could see final fantasy day one multiplat again like we did with final fantasy 15 but did, time, did, you, time see, will tell. did you see the uh um special you guys know special nick 
Nick over at Xbox Era. Oh yeah, he's uh, listening in actually right now. Is he? Mm-hmm. Hello, oh. Nick. He, I believe it was him who said that uh, he had heard that there is a uh, port of a uh, sixteen coming. That would be good. That would be um, good. And I Rand or not Rand. Uh, Jazz had heard that there was preliminary discussions about bringing uh, seven remake as well. I personally would look forward to the uh, the Final Fantasy one to six. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want that as well. That would be great. Because I'm more of an old-school, turn-based kind of uh, JRPG gamer. So those will be up my alley, especially. And I don't feel like that would be a big deal as much as the Final Fantasy VII Remake either. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't think Sony got their claws dug into that game as much as, you know, the the ones that are coming out late, lately. So I'm, I'm hoping they get that one too, sooner rather, rather than later. But, uh, yeah, I digress. I think, yeah, Indiana Jones, That I think that's still the show for everybody watching. I mean, I said it before, I came into this thinking like, eh, I'll probably, I'll play it in the end on Game Pass, no matter what. I mean, eh, no big deal. I'm not too much of an indie fan anyway. Haven't seen him since like the original Lost Ark, Raiders of Lost Ark. So I'm not a huge indie fan these days, but I still, I'm look, the more I'm looking at this game, I'm like, okay, okay, uh, I'm actually intrigued now. I see it's mostly in first person. I'm even more hyped. This means, okay, uh, machine games, they're doing what they know. They're not, because not that developers should try new things here and there, but I do also appreciate a developer doing what they know best. There's nothing wrong with being specialized in something and sticking to your guns so that the end product is the best possible thing you can do. And machine games, they, they're making it work. Like, I've always felt first-person shooters are more immersive and... And seeing indie while doing traversal or and, and in cutscenes, I think that's a good enough balance. Like, like, so we do see that we are playing as him, but overall, we are playing through his eyes. And I do feel the immersion makes up for that. Not to mention, it was said on uh, on on X as well, Twitter X as well. Like uh, Ryan from IGN, he was like saying like the inevitable conversation if 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 it, if it was in third person, there will be the inevitable uncharted. Uh, Tomb Raider clone comments, and that is all the discourse will be about. I mean, it's a hypothetical, but I firmly believe that is exactly what would happen if they did that in third person. And this way, we can sidestep all those all those comparisons. They're not going to be made. Thank God, the game could be compared on its own terms, which is which is exactly how it should be. But Obviously, we're gonna we are gonna see Indiana Jones elements. There's gonna be puzzle solving, exploration. It showed uh, combat uh, sequences can be tackled in in a variety of ways, which is great. So it's not just a corridor shoot fest. Like you can use your whip, you can be quiet, you can use fist your fists. That is exactly um, the variety that we're we're we are expecting in an Indiana Jones game. So I feel like more people are coming around to it. Of course, it's off putting even though we all knew for years what Machine Games makes, but the more we see it, the more people are coming around to the idea, and I feel like people are going to give this game a shot. The main villain looks great. Like, um, you know, the Wolfenstein games, the villains are very, like, charismatic. They're really evil and brutal, and you hang on to their every word. And this guy, he seems like he's no exception. And so I'm looking forward to that. Like, I love a good villain. Uh, the cutscenes look great. 
The settings look great. Uh, looks like we're going to different parts of the world. Just, it just looks like a really fun ride. So uh, to put, put this all together, Xbox has a pretty stacked 2024. Um, arguably, if they play their cards right, if these games review well, it'll be even better than 2023. It might be their best year ever if if all plays off, plays off pretty well. I mean, you've got Hellblade, um, and they got Flight Sim and Towerborn somewhere in the summer, maybe fall. Then you got a mix of, um, yeah, Avowed, um, R for PC to round out the PC crowd there. And then you got the holidays with Call of Duty, which is now a Xbox game. It counts um, alongside Indiana Jones. And that, that, that's just what we know about today. Because, you know, people, people say, you know, Forza Horizon, like that, that goes on a three-year dev cycle. So that will be this year as a three-year mm-hmm. dev cycle. So that for, we might, might get a Forza Horizon game this year. Also, also keep in mind other deals that they have. We just had uh, mm-hmm. Stalker 2's release date set for September. Yep. Exactly. So this this is gonna be a very packed fall holiday period for Xbox. So it, like to me, it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter that if there's no Q1 game, because people say like, oh, there should be one big game every quarter. I mean, to me, if they, if you could, if one quarter has two games or or more, it makes up it makes up for the lack of game in another quarter. In the end, mm-hmm. it all evens out. As long as you give us the four plus games, I don't care which quarter they come in. Give us the four plus games in the end. That that's all that matters because that, that that's mm-hmm. what they promised in the end. Just four great games a year. If we get more smaller games on top of that, even better. So and of course, game games get delayed. We get that. So if one of these games was meant for Q1 but it had to be be pushed, maybe maybe that was Hellblade two. Maybe Hellblade two was meant to be a Q1 game. But hey, if they needed the time for the polish, I mean, well, who am I to say uh, uh, otherwise, right? But we're gonna we are gonna get so many games this year. Never mind third party. There's Pal World, which just came, which just came out. We'll talk about that in a bit. So it's not like Xbox has nothing to play right now. Like I'm like I'm I'm looking forward to Persona Three Reload, uh, in, or pretty soon actually. That's like a hundred hour game right there. Like Game Pass is doing its thing every month. We got things to play. Like we got plenty plenty of things to play. And before we know it, the avalanche of games will come. Oh yeah, just thought of this now. Um, Bethesda's been pretty quiet, but I feel like we'll hear about the Oblivion remaster this year. Probably maybe the June showcase. There was a whole rumor about Quake 6. Um, uh, well, they teased now, it. Yes. I don't, know about, I don't know about that coming out, but I feel like we might get a Quake remaster now because we've got Quake 1 and Quake 2 remastered. So maybe we'll get Quake 3 or Quake 4 this year at QuakeCon. You know, the, a nice little shadow drop like that. There's definitely things that are Nobody's unannounced. Connected the dots with Oblivion and ESO because the, yeah. the basically ESO's expansion, Gold Road, actually stems from, they even said it in the global reveal, that it actually, it has roots in Oblivion. See, that would be, that would be comp- a nice compliment with that. Then you got the Fallout 4 next-gen remaster. If they make that like a full-blown remaster kind of thing with, with a separate release and download thing and not just a patch, like that could be its own event right there. Like get people interested in Fallout 4 like on a more bigger scale. I think that that's been done for a while. I'm almost positive they're holding that for the, to, to launch right around the time the show launches. 
Right, but do you think it'll just be like a patch or download download update it's, or like a it's gonna be delete? it's gonna be smart delivery with Fallout Four, um, okay. okay. Whether or not whether the extent is a simple patch or if it's more detailed, no idea. Um, I, I have a feeling it's also going to update the um the the uh, what call it the creation um the creation Control? club to be more like yeah. uh the one what they did just did the Skyrim's. Which yeah. take it or leave it, you may like that, you may not, because the new changes to Skyrim's are hit or miss. Um, and then by new ones, I don't mean the anniversary edition; I mean the ones they just pushed this year, right? Uh, in the last couple weeks, um, I, I almost guarantee it, they'll they'll do that. Um, they could do a version of it that's very similar to the anniversary edition, because the anniversary edition of 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 Skyrim itself yeah. um isn't actually a new version right it is just a patch for the special edition but you then also get granted the stuff that was in the create the official creations that were in the creation club i could see them doing that with fallout 4 as well cuz fallout 4 also has official creations that were um that they uh commissioned that would be ideal to handle it the same way that they handled yeah. the uh the, the latest Skyrim re-release yeah uh, I, I think they'll, they might do that. Um, yeah, so, like, there's definitely other things this year that we don't know about. I mean, now there's also the Gears collection. That keeps popping up, and I do believe when there's smoke, there's fire. So, who knows if that's this year or not, when that's going to be announced. If it's this year, that would be great, too. Nick, so, if you're still in chat, you got anything to say about the Gears collection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're Mr. Gears collection, Nick. I want it to be real. Same. So do I. So do I. <laughs> Same. It's like, hey, it's like, uh, it's a no-brainer. Even yeah, if it, I, I, it really is. Even if it wasn't in, in, in the works before, the Xbox executives should be seeing the online reactions, and they should know, like, hey, like, look, look at Halo MCC. Like, whatever, if the newer games don't do it for the Halo fans, they always go back to MCC. And the same thing with Gears. Like, no, no yeah. matter what happens with Gear 6, you'll always have that the OG Gears fans that grew, grew up on the trilogy that will always come back for that nostalgia and that multiplayer nostalgia from if the Gears collection were to exist. The, the, like, two, bi the two big things that, that it would be great for is, number one, it can get the games off of the 360 uh, networking architecture. Because yeah. that goes up and down like no tomorrow, right? Um, and so we could actually have them like a unified multiplayer, but also using modern networking like technology. Right. Uh, but also, it would release Gears 2 and 3 on PC, which they don't exist on PC. 4 does, 5 does, 1 does, but 2 and 3 do not. And I guess you can also say that, uh, what was the bad Gears? Um, Judgment. Judgment. I, I would like Judgment to be on PC too. I enjoyed playing the campaign. It was very, structure was really weird with the whole star level system. Hmm. But like... You know, like I, I'm all for that coming to PC too. You know, they should treat that the way they did with um, MCC, how Halo Reach and ODST were treated as uh, like a, like a five dollar DLC kind of thing on the side. If like if you want it, great. Here you go. If they do that with if they did that with Judgment, that that'd be also good too. I feel like if you launch it with just Gears One, Two, and Three, it's not overkill, and it feels like it's a doable project. And do the do mm -hmm. the other games later so, as an add-on? Would you see like because like that's like such the weird situation where like one has a modern remastered. Do you just like put that in the collection 
like and not do a whole lot to it. I imagine Gears One Ultimate Edition would be the same. Yeah, like like, like that two or three to revamp. Yeah, because 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 that's where I'm like, would it be one, two, and three, or would it just be like two, three, and Judgment? Um, no, you can't skip the first. Well, because okay. like the first exists, like and they like do do they need to do that? If they want to make the the multiplayer like unified, yeah, I guess they would exactly. for a unified a unified yeah. MCC style multiplayer. You're 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 one hundred percent right there. So yeah, like we have no shortage of games to play. The yeah. the, the roadmap is insanely full, mm-hmm. more than any t- other time in Xbox history. Even the glory days of of the 360, we n- we didn't know about this many first party games coming out like back to back like 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 we are enjoying right now. So like th- this is great. This was the great showcase, uh, great segue into the June showcase. I feel like, and it's only gonna get better. So. Overall, I, I love the direct. They should keep doing this. All right, all right. Love the energy, General. Loving it. Uh, let's see. Get some other voices here. I'll go over to Centurion, and then Dots, and then Crusader. Uh, Centurion, again, like our friends here on the panel. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the direct? Um. Well, I'm trying to figure out how I could add on to the conversation without regurgitating things that have already been pointed out. Um, it was a really good showing. Uh, that's where um, definitely, let's just say, like, let's see, that's where a lot of people don't really see eye to eye with me because I actually am not hypercritical of Microsoft. I'm not going to say they had to do this, but that's just because I just live life by nobody owes me a damn thing. Um, and like when it comes to at least what was shown, um, when I saw Avowed, uh, I got excited because I'm a huge Elder Scrolls fan and it's great to see Obsidian do what they do best with RPGs. Um, I knew there was going to be some people that were upset over some of like the dialogue animation that was taking place. Now, whether or not that's going to be the finished product is still open for debate, but at the very least, even if it did look that way, I- I'm not going to like lose sleep over it because I mean, I've played so much Elder Scrolls online that uh, I'm going to say it right now that their dialogue system is not lifelike or some resolution eye candy fest. So for me, it's just... For me, as long as the story is there and the continuity between the story and that there's a good flow for how the narrative of the game of narrative of the game functions, I'm fine with that. You see, that was like let's look at Skyrim. Skyrim didn't even was not a graphically grabbing game when it came to stuff like that, but the story was solid, uh, the world was a solid, and that's what really helped uh, Skyrim really stand out. And I'm seeing that too. Like I liked, at least in the previews of Avowed, uh, we see the wand waving, the sword fighting. We even saw him pull out a pistol. And that's where I'm just like, okay, so we're going to throw some guns into the mix on this. This is going to be pretty interesting. So Avowed is definitely going to be one of those games that I'm going to want to check out day one for sure. It is on my radar. Um, I am not into the like strategy game. What's its name? Aura. Oh yeah, Aura History Untold. Yeah, Aura History Untold. Um, yeah, definitely not on that one. I was kind of like I 
I'll be up front. That was like, you know, good moment to go, uh, hot, like go make a sandwich or something. Like I knew there was going to be people that wanted to play that game, but for me, it was not on my radar, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess you say. Um, of course, Hellblade 2. Um, I still need to play the first one. I'm glad to hear that, you know, these games are not these huge, like, marathon of a game. Because it is nice to have a an 8-10 hour experience that isn't going to rob you. Because, I mean, when you're playing other games, sometimes it is nice to have those games you can go back and forth from that don't consume too much of you know, playing something that has consumed way too much of your life, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, Destiny Yeah, right? Exactly. You know <laughs> what I mean? That, that's what I mean. Like, you can stomach taking an 8 to 10 hour break from something you've wrapped hundreds and hundreds of hours into. Um, and that's where it, like, and then it's also great to see the technology, like the metahuman Unreal Engine 5 stuff that's going to be put into Avowed 2. I mean, Avowed 2. Ha! Hellblade 2. Um, and so that's where, like, even my wife was sitting next to me and she thought it was really cool to see all the motion capture and everything that was taking place for Hellblade 2. Definitely, I need to play the first game before the second game comes out. I told myself that I need to do that. And now since they've released the, the actual release date for Hellblade 2. Uh, it looks like the clock has started for me to uh, start working on Hellblade 1. Um, but that's where I am going to be one of those that is going to play the game with headphones on you because I know to. that's part of the experience. Yeah. And that's what's really cool. Like, that's what really actually intrigued me. Like, if people didn't really, if they're not like as analytical as I am, during the developer direct, when you watch the two people walking around the microphone and talking into the microphone in different directions for some people they don't realize what's going on there but they're actually messing with obviously what what side which headphone that's going to come out of and it's going to make it feel like somebody is walking around you and i was just like holy freaking cow that's actually a really cool trick because i thought it was you know just have them record into a microphone and through digital alteration, through audio, you can just cause that effect. I didn't think for one second that they were actually putting the microphone into a, into a sound booth and having them walk around the microphone to actually create a more realistic effect. So to me, that was like very eye-opening on just how, um, how ingenious and definitely forward-thinking uh, Ninja Theory is when it comes to crafting games. Um, and then, uh, we get into, um, I'm, I've never got into the Mara games. It's good to see though, that obviously Microsoft is getting a much better reputation camaraderie going on with Square Enix. Um, maybe, um, this would be a good time for me to start getting to, to some of the other titles that Square Enix has to offer, um, outside of like, you know, let's, let's face it. Square Enix has dabbled into some Western stuff like, um, I played Outriders 2. Um, I played, um, whatchamacallit, Avengers. There, there's some stuff there from Square Enix on the Western side. But I haven't gone down too much of the rabbit hole for Square Enix other than uh, Final Fantasy, that kind of franchise. There's a couple games I have played um, on their Eastern side of game development. So for me, this would just be another avenue for me to really see more of what Square Enix has to offer from those um, developers. Because, I mean, 
it looked like a, when you were watching the developers crafting the game and working on it, um, definitely looked like a very fun, colorful game that definitely has me wanting to check out more of what has made uh, Square Enix definitely like a juggernaut when it comes to JRPGs. Um, finally, now we get into, I guess we would, what is there more to say? Indiana Jones. Um, Indiana Jones. So this has been something I've been wondering how it's going to work. Because let's face it, Indiana, like when we're talking about movie franchises going into the video game world, let's just say there hasn't been the world's greatest track record for successfully doing that. Um, in either direction, making a video game into a movie or a movie into a video game, it always never translates well. But now we're starting to get into the situation where we're seeing some of these beloved Hollywood franchises that have been made famous over the years by, by certain actors, Harrison Ford. And now we're starting to see Harrison Ford actually get very up there in age. Uh, it's definitely, as far as we know, he's not going to reprise his role as Indiana Jones on the big screen. Um, and so that's where it's good to see that the actual character of Indiana Jones is going to live on and Harrison's Ford, Harrison Ford's legacy for that character is going to live on in the digital world. And this is where I feel video games can definitely fill a gap when you have a situation where people love uh, something like that and they want to see it continue on with that actor. And there you go. Now you have Indiana Jones. Um, it was really good to see. Like, I mean, that whole scene of him buried in the sand with the uh, the crazy Nazi scientist slash main protagonist uh, up in his face. And you can see like the spit in his mouth. And it definitely reminded me of an Indiana Jones flick. It was surprising to hear that it was going to be first uh, first person perspective. Uh, when I first heard that, I was kind of like, hmm. But then, yeah, it did make sense when you hear like the arguments made that you're going to see situations where it's compared to Tomb Raider and Uncharted uh, because of the fact that like when we talked about the game last weekend, those were the two games that we all mentioned in discussing it. You know, we always brought up Uncharted and we always brought up Tomb Raider. Um, now it's good to see that Machine Games is going to do what they do best, first-person perspective games, and they're going to sculpt that onto the Indiana Jones franchise, and it's going to make it a standout game. I've even jokingly said that, you know, at least in my head, like, what made Uncharted so special when it came out in the video game world is everybody had been frothing at the mouth for years for a game like Indiana Jones to be done, but they didn't make Indiana Jones. We got Uncharted. Uncharted is what, like, is what caused me to buy a PlayStation uh, 4 for Uncharted 4. It was one of the main reasons why I owned a PlayStation 3. Um, Uncharted was one of those games that came out of left field and it really filled a niche or a demand because people wanted these archaeologist start slash adventure style games. But that's where I'm starting to say the fact that Indiana Jones is starting to exist. I feel like Sony now has a problem because now that niche is going to be like they already went in they're like all right here's uncharted lost legacy you're no like they've already tried not doing nathan drake 
And from what I'm hearing, or at least reading, that they're possibly trying to bring Nathan Drake back or however the hell it's going to work with Uncharted. And I feel now with the existence of Indiana Jones, uh, Uncharted is going to have a little bit of an uphill battle now with people that are like, I'd rather go to the originator. And that's where we saw in the gameplay of Indiana Jones, we're not just going to have some dude that's running around spraying bullets everywhere and trying to be like the Rico Suave of archaeology. We're getting that true gritty Indiana Jones where, yeah, if you want to play the game and just steamroll through the story, uh, you can do that. But if you want to do, like they said, do all the little side stuff where you can find like the puzzles and the actual archaeology point of Indiana Jones, to me, that has me completely excited that this is going to be a very, in, a very unique experience. And it's going to be what at least what I have been looking for this whole time playing with un, with Uncharted. Like that was what made Uncharted so special was you had those story moments, but they were very few and far in between. And and to get to the next one, you had to go through all these like Michael Bay freaking action scenes where just bullets are spraying everywhere that out of guns that don't seem to run out of ammunition. And now we're getting back into Indiana Jones where you get you can use the whip and you got all these puzzles to solve. So there's a lot there for Indiana Jones for me. But to close this all out, what has me absolutely laughing my ass off is all these dumbasses that are, are part of the, the, like, I'm sorry, the certain part of gaming media or the sect of these wannabe gaming shows where you literally see them go like, why isn't it on PS5? I don't want to play it on my PS, on my PC. I want to play it on my PS5. Go freaking suck it man like you guys have been walking around forever about freaking spider-man this marvel that and all these other games that you think are so mighty and sacred over on the playstation side and then all of a sudden you want to boo-hoo that xbox does it you freaking oh my like double standard hypocritical freaking attitude like i had to laugh at that like i could not believe that during the live stream on one of the shows, we saw some guy while like Indiana Jones popped up and it showed what platforms it was going to be on. And that dude, like you could see, he was genuinely crushed. He was like, I believe the rumors. They were supposed to go third party. They were supposed to make everything available to me. Like, come on now. That Like, really? That's what's making me laugh about this whole situation. That every, it's like all of a sudden everybody's uncomfortable that my that Microsoft actually is making a, a a cinematically driven game that everybody wants to play and it's not on PlayStation, so now all of a sudden their their like dreams are shattered. I don't know. I'm not trying to bitch too much on that one. No, uh, I saw that too. Like the sense of just entitlement, and it, it, like the guys with the biggest superiority complex are the ones that are port begging the Xbox games the most. Ironically enough. Real, like, do you, like, yeah. dude, do you, like, do you see, like, any Xbox shows going out there, like, like, over here, like, we always bring up, like, the only, like, we bring up Final Fantasy VII Remake for a reason, because we know PlayStation is forking out a bill every single year to keep that game exclusive, and that's the, that's the ironically funny part about that, is, like, I, like is like is eventually sony gonna run out of money 
to do stuff like that and they're just going to prioritize where they spend their money and the and they're going to be like yeah we're not going to fork the bill this year go ahead and make it multi-plat um and that's what makes me laugh that you know everybody for some reason thinks it's okay for playstation to keep games off of pc keep games off other platforms but if anybody else does it oh my god freaking like write a letter to your senator kind of crap because <laughs> the, the status quo is changing and it'll only get worse before it gets better these guys gotta be humbled mm -hmm. but they gotta be they're, they're gonna get humbled kicking and screaming along the way they don't want to be well yeah i like, mean whether they like it or not yeah. you saw the one where the guy where like it was like two different shows obviously the dude that was crying that it wasn't on ps5 while the developer direct was being aired live on their channel and then there was obviously that other one where literally they start crying and you hear them go, oh, I don't want to play it on my PC. I want to play it on my PS5. And it's just like, dude, get the F over yourself. Are you serious? Yeah, it's like, it's like someone like us saying, oh, but I want to play The Last of Us 2 remake on the Xbox. Like, I mean, no. I do. First party. <laughs> I know it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and you, know, and you know what? That's the funny part. But we can accept that. Yeah. We don't see we that can, we play, if we were oh, to we say better. I want, if I want to play Last of Us on my Xbox, it would be a freaking joke. We wouldn't be serious about it. Maybe. Uh, asking, for, asking for Final Fantasy, that's one thing because in the end, it's, it's third, third party. party. Yeah. It's third yeah. party. We're not asking for first party like they are. So like. <laughs> Two different standards here. And yeah. I, listen, I, I also understand the concept of like, uh, for us asking for things from Bungie, for them asking for the Call of Duty and Minecraft things, right? Like I get that too, because they're they're such massive multiplayer play with your friends kind of things. I get that too. Um, and like that's that's the other one where I'd be like, yeah, no, like go ahead, like and keep asking for those things where you want them. But like, yeah, no, like it would be, it's like it's as ridiculous for them to ask for Halo as it is for us to ask for um, Ratchet and Clank. Like, well, well, that's my, like, dude, like for years we have heard Xbox has no games. Then why <laughs> the hell are you guys port begging all the damn time? Yeah. If Xbox doesn't have any games, what the hell are you asking for? Mm hmm. Yeah, port begging. They gotta change the narrative on that one. That that uh, narrative's done. Yeah, it gets so tiresome after all these years. They've been doing it for a while. Um, but yeah, great thoughts there sent. I'd like to get uh, a couple of other voices in here quickly. Um, let's see, dots, dots. I'd love to hear from you for uh, this one. Uh, yeah, again, like I've been asking, uh, the crew here, what are your thoughts on the developer direct? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to see a lot of, uh, a lot of, well, they say, uh, 2023 for all of those games coming out. Four. I'm a little skeptical on the Indiana Jones game. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that that's going to get delayed to next year, but regardless, hopefully early next year. Um, but no, um, I was happy with everything I saw. Uh, while well, I might not touch every single game that's on that list, um, there wasn't one that I wasn't, you know, watching with some sort of interest. Be it Hellblade with its amazing music, um, Indiana Jones. Like as soon as I heard the voice acting for Indy, I was like, okay, this this game is at least saved in that regard. Because I was worried there's gonna, you know, it didn't it did not feel like a knockoff Harrison Ford. It it sounded like 
um uh what's his name there's a there's a very well-known voice actor who his job no 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 his job is literally to pretty much be as close as a voice to uh sir christopher lee after he passed away and he does a fantastic job because sir christopher lee did actually a lot of video game stuff he even did stuff for kingdom hearts and after he passed away they had this other guy ha- come in and he was fantastic it sounded yeah. like for christopher hey, lee he's the guy who played uh um uh count dooku in the clone wars i can't think of his name um i have a question for all y'all it just dawned on me i just had like an add moment but is it just me or is tony todd the guy who played Candyman, also in that game uh, like when you saw when you saw the the basically um when you saw Indiana Jones yeah, encounter yeah, he the African American priest I'm, and you I'm saw pretty him sure around, I'm pretty sure it is him. I was I'm like gonna... oh my god that's Tony Todd Yeah no yeah, he I'm is I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure he is I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere Yeah his likeness well, is saying, in that, it yeah dude, That's what I'm just saying like uh, dude like they're pulling out uh, all the stops on this game because we got like Harrison Ford's face. We've got Tony Todd, the Candyman, it, it, in there. It's I'm him. Like, he's oh, playing a character dude. named Locus. Is the is okay. the character's name in Indiana Jones in the Great Circle? He's uh, is our, the credit is already up. Okay, cool. So that was Tony Todd. I thought I was tripping. Yeah, when and he I saw did. That the, he actually character. did the voice for Venom too in Spider Man too. Oh right. You see that huh. dude like um, Chris. Yeah, dude, that explains like, why I recognize yeah. the voice because I just played that very recently. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dots. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, we all have those moments from time to time. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so, like, you know, once I heard the voice acting for Indiana Jones, I was like, okay, this game is saved. This Because I, I, I knew, for me at least, I was like, you know, am I, if I'm going to be listening to Indiana Jones, it's it better I, I know it's, I can't be, I know it can't be, you know, Harrison Ford at this point, but, like, the fact that they got, you know, such a spot-on voice acting, and I'm sure, you know, when he strains his voice, I'll hear differences, but, you know, something like that at least means that, you know, hey, if this becomes a more than one game title in a row, like, say, this is, it. Great Circle takes place between the first and second movies, and I mean, that's a big period, they could add another adventure, they could do one between the second and third movie, um, they could do maybe like maybe one before the first movie, you know. So a... the second movie, Indiana Jones movie, takes place well before the first Indiana Jones movie. Just just so you know, oh. the, t- the timeline is two one three. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, <laughs> like it, 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 there's just there's a lot of you know a lot of opportunity with that if they if they keep that voice actor obviously on contract. Well, they could but even it's... do stuff after the Last Crusade. Yeah, because if you actually look at the Last Crusade. Like Indy didn't even have a know of his kid, and by the time you get to the Crystal Skull, the kid is like a, in his teenage years. So yeah, there's yeah. also a large breadth of time between the Crystal Skull and they the could last. Bring Shia time. LaBeouf back. They could bring. Shia nope. LaBeouf. No. <laughs> I, I, like not not as a not as a spoiler, but they killed him off. No, that, I, I already knew that. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah I was just I I kind of chuckled at that one. I was like, damn, gave him the axe. <laughs> uh, they can bring him back. <laughs> I mean, it's Indiana Jones. There's some weird, fantastical, you know, voodoo, magic, Christianity stuff going on. Who knows? Anyhow, um, <laughs> um, obviously, I'm 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 hyped for Aura. That's great. You know, another uh, another four Xer to add to the collection. Um, and I'll keep playing Age of Wonders four until that comes out. But you know, that's once that that genre 
is always a win, and also throwing more of that genre onto the console is always a win. I mean, I, I think more strategy games that are made for and playable on the consoles is one of the biggest things that Xbox has over PlayStation is just console strategy games, you know. RTS or, turn, uh, you know, real-time or turn-based doesn't matter to me. Um, th- that's always that's always a big that's always a big uh, big hit winner. Um, uh, I would say so. Hellbrain with the music. Uh, oh yeah, and, and Square Enix doing their show up. I mean, obviously you guys said it, but like showing the fact that uh, Square and um, Xbox slash Microsoft that, that this is this is no longer you know a a a one and done. This is this is some long term partnership going on. And I and I'm loving that. Whether and like Final Fantasy or not, I think Square just even putting any games on Xbox, uh, like Visions of Mana, you know that that's just that's just great. Um, that's great rep. That's great uh, community between the two. And I can't wait to see you know more of what's going to happen from that. Obviously, Final Fantasy is the big name. That's what everyone wants. Um, I do too. I, I'm not, I'm not exempt from that. So. I'm very curious of how that's gonna how that's gonna progress. You know what announcements we might see in the future. Um, you know, at any, th- I mean, you know, Sony fanboys be damned. But you know, once I if I can get some you know great Final Fantasy games on Xbox, that's that's awesome, and that that'll be something to do. And obviously, we know 14 is coming soon to Xbox, and you know that's that's massive, be it MMO or otherwise. I mean, because if you guys like, you know, just, you know, the fantasy style story, I mean, like, I, I went on a rant la- last week about it, so I'm going to keep it short, but it, like, the story of 14 actually has made me cry numerous times. Like, it is really good if you're just in it for the story. You got to get through the grind. You know, obviously, the level grind you got to get through. But the story, the voice acting, the the music is I, I listen to Spotify on all the freaking time. It's amazing. So like having that on Xbox and having more people go into experience that, I'm I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, so no, I'm I'm happy with Visions of Mana. It's it's it is going to be a cornerstone in the bridge that hopefully brings Square Enix and Microsoft's teams together to make this a more than just a one time deal. I wanted to make it a partnership. Um, and then there's a the fourth game that I'm blanking on right at the moment. Avowed, avowed. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm happy for the people who are hyped for it. That was probably my weakest game of watching because, like, like no, no lie, I haven't played like a Skyrim game since when Skyrim came out, and I stopped playing Skyrim after the Hearth. Home update Hearthfire. slash min- no, I'm sorry. I, well, is was that the one after the vampires and werewolves? So there was vampire. Yeah. So the first one was um uh Dawn Guard. The second yeah. one, which was the which was vampires and um stuff. The second one was Hearthfire, which was the houses and like uh the property stuff. Yeah. The third one was Dragonborn, which added the additional island, and you fought the first Dragonborn Mirak. Yeah, I, I never even did that okay. DLC. <laughs> I I I. After I played um, Hearthfire, I, I just I stopped playing Skyrim. Not because it was boring. I just I I did everything in the game at the time, and I just never bought the the Dragonborn um, 
DLC. Um, so, like, I don't see myself getting into another game like that. Not for any lack of, like, you know, I probably would enjoy it if I played it. But I'm also playing so many other things. Like Power World, at this very moment. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, this, this, this is going to be a jam-packed year. And I'm that's always a win because that means someone someone always is gonna have something to play, be it, you know, I'm sure some of you guys will play Avowed Day One. I'll probably play R Day One, you know, and other of you guys won't do that. Like we're we're all gonna have our wins and in the end no one really loses. So that that's that is the optimal gaming economy. And this Xbox Direct showed us that, you know, we're they they they're they're kicking and that's just those four and then mystery number five square enix developers that all dropped in for that you know you guys mentioned stalker um obviously uh final fantasy 14 coming out on the xbox soon um you know there's a whole bunch of good things happening um halo infinite getting some content updates that are they're changing the formula on that I saw, and that's that's cool. I'm interested to see how that goes. Everyone's freaking out about getting the Mark IV uh, armor because it's like the sexiest. Spark Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! It's me, 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 me and Crusader being like, man, I wonder if they're making this a twenty dollars armor because obviously we wouldn't buy a twenty dollars. Who would armor. buy a twenty dollars? Who armor would buy a twenty dollars set of cosmetic armor? That? Oh, Mark Five. Oh yeah, I did buy that, didn't I? I, I totally did. <laughs> so did he. <laughs> um. So, but no, I'm glad that to know it's going to be an armor core that we're going to have access to, like that we unlock and whatnot. So that's that's a win. Um. But yeah, no, so like, this is, yesterday, I mean, last year was a great, you know, best ga uh, year for gaming, you know, then that's a coming one, just as good so far from what I'm hearing. We're only, we're only at the, we're only at the start, there's so much more to go, and so much more to even be announced before we even get into the thick of it, so. I'm hyped, this, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all positives, I see this as an absolute win. Mm -hmm. Agreed, dots agreed, and uh, honestly, again, um, you know, it's great to have these things just to kick off the year on a good note, and then, uh, you know, uh, we know kind of what their plans are for the year, and then when June rolls around, ooh, man, we get the sledgehammer of news, so we shall see, we shall see, but definitely some good stuff. All right, Crusader, round us off here. I know you've been chiming, chiming in off and on, but uh, yeah, I'll yeah. make mine quick. Mine will be quick. Eh, so whatever. I, uh, I, I, I'm gonna play all of the all four of the main Xbox games day one. I don't know if I'll play the Square Enix game day one. Actually, I, I'm on the. I wasn't a huge fan of having a third party at this show. Um, I didn't re. I, I, you know, to me, this was. Like last year, this was the event that was for like the Xbox Studios versus the Summer Showcase, which is like the Xbox platform. Mm -hmm. So I, I was kind of like, oh, this is weird. I mean, nothing wrong with it. It was fine. It was just like, oh, like, like I, you know, I thought this was more going to be stuff that like they, they published themselves. It was, but it was a cool surprise. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm very excited for all the games. Going to play them all day one on on Game Pass for 100% sure. I love 4X games. My favorite uh, 4X style game is Civ Six. Um, I also very, very much love Civ Five. Who uh, the the leadership at Oxide are all uh, 
um, th that's where their pedigree comes from, is Civilizations V, which is an excellent 4X game. Uh, it's probably my second favorite 4X game. Um, uh, I thought Avowed looked great. I think they need to tweak the uh, um, the lighting a little bit. I thought the lighting did look a little off in some of the in some situations. Um, but like, I'm I'm very very excited for it. Um, what else? Uh, Indiana Jones. I I prefer first person games. So like. It being first person was actually like good news to me, unlike most people. So, you know, happy about that. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Adding on to that, like I love that there that when they went into the whole fact of you know the cinematic moments, it's pulling it out into third person. Yeah, like to get like those, those iconic screenshot type it, of scenes. It looks just like uh like how they did it in the Wolfenstein in in Wolfenstein one and two, um. So, like, not shocked that they are making a first-person shooter in the same way that they make first-person shooters, because that's what their studio is good at. Um, like, I'm actually more shocked that, like, the Blade game is going to be in third-person from Arcane because Arcane doesn't make third-person games. So that's a totally different conversation. Um, let's see. Uh, I, uh, Hellblade, um, I very much appreciate that one big thing that I've I've said for a while is that I wish companies would price their games according to what they think the perceived value is, and not just like auto hone in at seventy dollars. Um, and I think that it was a very good move to make it cheaper in general for for you know how long um, how long the content is a game. That was one complaint I had about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I love Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I think that it. Uh, its potential to uh, gain a larger audience was hampered by launching at seventy dollars, um, and I, I've, I've said that to quite a few people. Like, uh, it's a game that I played through and platinumed the day it came out. Actually, I think I I didn't do the new game plus trophy, but I did like I I got every collectible and did everything in the game the day it came out in the first nine hours, um, and I was as happy as could be as a Ratchet and Clank fan. I would have bought a hundred dollar collector's edition physical if they had had one, um, but that game was hampered by not uh launching at a lower price to attract more people for what it was. Uh, and I think that's a very good thing that they're doing with Hellblade with uh the length of uh with the length that it's gonna be and, and things like that. Um I've already talked about the physical um about how I'm you know a little disappointed in that so we'll go back into that. Um the the Tales of Mana, it's very cool to see that franchise coming to Xbox. I hope we see more things from Square Enix. I know we're getting Octopath Traveler 2 this year. Um, which was a game that kind of, uh, you know, didn't, if it had launched in any other year, would have seen tons of nominations for its music and writing. And, uh, um, uh, like, it was a fantastic RPG from everything I've heard about it. So, like, you know, cool to see that coming to Xbox this year. Um, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't have a game coming in quarter one because of how confident both Matt Booty and, uh, um uh Phil Spencer were in that they were going to hit the uh four games a quarter which is not so much a with with how much they're releasing this year it's not an actual like platform problem it's not a um a, like it, it's not an output problem uh, the, the the reason why they they they're making that commitment of one per quarter is to try and limit churn in game pass 
because when you have a subservice that you want people to stay subscribed to, you need to have consistent launches into it. So it is a little disappointing to see them miss quarter one because it does mean that Game Pass won't be firing itself on all cylinders, keeping attention in all the ways that it could. Um, because the, the first-party studios are the way that you keep um, attention. And I figured, you know, if they didn't have a big first quarter... Um, like game to drop that they would have dropped the ABK stuff, but that doesn't look like it's happening either. So that's just like a, a little, um, like a, a little bit of a, a disappointment to me, but not not out of like a content. They're releasing so much stuff this year. Like, like that's not why I'm I'm disappointed. It's just like if 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 I'm to get the most out of Game Pass that I could for my subscription. It needs more people subscribed so that more investment gets turned into it, and, and so on and so forth. Because it's a, it's a it should be a positive feedback loop. And when you're when you're missing some stuff, then it becomes a little bit of a of an issue. Um, but yeah, have you guys seen like what the entire roadmap for Xbox's 2024 looks like? I have it like I, I uh, mapped out as much of it as I could based on what we do know, Assume, assuming no things that we don't know, like launching, right? Just just what they've straight up told us. Have, have you guys seen how impressive it is? Yeah, you had a, a thread about that, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah. So from Xbox Game Studios, like just the just the studios under Xbox Game Studios, the, 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 the publishing label, we have Hellblade 2, Avowed, Aura, Powerborn, Flight Simulator 2024, and then we have ongoing updates to Minecraft, Halo Infinite, Sea of Thieves, uh, Forza Motorsport, and I feel like I'm actually missing one in there. How come everybody keeps leaving out Elder Scrolls Online? Because I'm not <laughs> because I'm not at ZeniMax yet. Oh, this is uh, Xbox Game Studios. Hmm. Technically, they're owned. I still they see that's where I I look at it like ZeniMax. They're owned by Xbox. So oh, they're uh, owned by studio. Xbox, but I, I, I try to okay. keep things separated he's under the publishing labels. Yeah, he's separating the divisions. It's, yeah, it, it's easier to keep it's easier to keep track of things because they do market separately at some points. They they have these big events where they market together, but then they have separate marketing beats as well, like QuakeCon. Uh, we have BlizzCon, things like that. So yeah, Xbox Game Studios has those. Then Zenimax has Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, Elder Scrolls Online, the Great Lo uh, the Great Road, Starfield, at least Shattered Space, if not more, plus the mod support. Um, Elder Scrolls Castles, the mobile game. Uh, ongoing uh, updates to Fallout 76, the Fallout 4, um, and the Fallout 4 update. And then from Blizzard, we have Diablo 4 Vessel of Hatred, the first expansion for Diablo 4, plus ongoing content for Diablo 4. Uh, Overwatch 2 is ongoing. Um, Hearthstone is ongoing. Uh, World of Warcraft has The War Within. Uh, and then World of Warcraft Classic has uh, the Cataclysm update, uh, where the Cataclysm expansion is being uh, added to WoW Classic. That's not something to look forward to. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that some... was the start of the downhill. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> then Activision has Call of Duty 2024, which looks to be um, uh, about the Gulf War. We don't know 100% yet, but it looks to be about the Gulf War. Um, so I'm just going to say Call of Duty 2024. Uh, COD Warzone is ongoing. At some point, the prior ABK games should come to Game Pass. Uh, and then from third-party uh, games that are coming to Game Pass, we have a bunch of highlights. We had Power World that just launched, uh, Persona 3 Reloaded, Stalker 2, Flintlock The Siege of Dawn, Replaced, 
Euden Chronicles, 100 Heroes, The Dungeons of Hinterburg, Arc 2 is supposed to launch this year, which is hilarious because Power World is literally a better Arc game, um, and Manor Lords. Um, like the 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 2020, and there's there's a bunch of other games that are also confirmed to come to Game Pass this year, but those were the highlights for me at least from what I saw that I had actually like. When I read the name, I recognized the name and could remember what it was. What it actually was. Um, I know there are some other uh, other games confirmed for Game Pass this year, and that assumes that there aren't anything else from Xbox Game Studios or Bethesda, like a, a Quake Three remaster, um, or you know, some weird remasters from the Activision Blizzard sphere. Like maybe we get a Diablo One remaster or something like. There, there's there's a lot of like other things that could happen this year. So like, 2024 is actually stacked based on this, uh, based on what we additionally learned from this developer direct, and that just kind of made me really excited because this is kind of like what we all thought like 2023 would be coming in from 2022, right? But 2022 ended up being terrible, so 2023 was a starting year. So now it's like 2023 going into 2024. Like we're seeing Xbox like two years in a row being hyper consistent and having a lot of content, and it's really exciting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I finally get to praise them for being consistent. Now I do have to say that my uh, promised giveaway for um, uh, my, my promised giveaway of a hundred dollars does reset if we don't get a game that launches this quarter. So it will reset with uh, quarter two with Hellblade. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, like the uh, I I love the direct. Direct was great. All right, all right, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all uh, were pretty positive about the direct. Again, I love it when Xbox does this stuff. I mean, okay, I'll admit, I love it when they all do their own little directs and whatnot. Um, I like seeing like the little the bite-sized um, uh, directs, live streams, sh and so on, and uh, they're spread throughout the year. I don't know. I just I really like that. Right? It's not just one time a year. That's it. Uh, you know, it's spread out. Um, but overall, yeah, I, it's nice to see these uh, games from the studios. And uh, again, if I'm if I'm gonna nag about one thing, it's gonna be those release dates. We definitely need them at some point. So uh, really looking forward to that. My standout. I mean, I did actually enjoy all of them to some degree. Um, but I would say, yeah, Indiana Jones for me takes the cake. Uh, yeah, very active chat tonight. Great to see you. Serenity, Censorship Tube, The Sousa, Thimber. Uh, who else do we got here? I saw HeBot in here. Many others. Carlos was here. Hey, Doge. Many, many others. Guys, great to see you all here. Um, if you haven't done so already, smash the like button. Uh, hit subscribe if uh, you're a new face. We'd love to keep you around. And share out the show. Let everybody know we're live. But, uh, all right, uh, I really want to get on to uh, the next topic, and you know what? I gotta say, I'm pleasantly surprised by this one. I saw it coming out, I didn't see it, it came out of nowhere. Pal World has been taking the gaming world by storm since it released, what, like a couple of days ago? And generating a whopping 4 million in early access sales, having 1 million concurrent uh, on Steam, if I'm not mistaken, players alone. And honestly, the list just goes on. It goes on for this game. A lot of accolades already, and it's just early access. 
And uh, yeah, needless to say, this game is becoming a phenomena, and it's only yeah, early release. I know everyone here wants to talk about this game in one form or another. However, Dots, I'll kick things off with you since I know that you've been playing it, Crusader's been playing it. Um, yeah, what do you think of it and its, and its uh, success? Um, I I think I think I think it's a I think it's a wake up call for a lot of people. I I I know I know obviously the big point of contention, the big pointing fingers is at Nintendo to like up their game and whatnot. But like just looking at it as itself, it, it's something for me, a Pokemon fan, to do. And I I and I have been doing a lot of it. it. It's it's been an absolute blast. Um, I'm very 50-50 on a lot of, like, survival crafting games, but, like, this this one really has been taking the cake in that it, it gives me a wide variety of things that I enjoy, be it the combat, the explore, the exploration's great, like, it, Crusader can testify to this, the map is freaking huge! Damn. It is Like, it is, it, it's a pre-generated map, it's always the same map every game you make, but like it is massive. Like for an early access game, like I played. I'm a huge fan of V Rising, um, which is more of like a top-down Diablo-style uh, survival crafting game. Um, and it's like it has it has a very large map. But like this, this one's massive, and like there's there's so much to do. I mean. I think the max level is level 50 and I just got to level 30 and I've still haven't even like, I probably have explored a third of the map. There is so much more to explore so much, you know, and what I think I've, I've caught 82 out of the 111. So there's not many more pals that I need to catch, but like a lot of them are going to be bosses or, or like the equivalent of legendaries in this game. Um, so that's going to be a, a big factor of that. But, like, man, there is so much to do in this game. And, obviously, the bi the biggest win for me right now is the fact that Crusader has a server set up for us that we've been playing on. And, like, playing with friends is the highlight. Like, it's al it's always, if the game can be played with friends, that that is my winning thing. Like, I, I like single-player games, but... I love playing with my friends more because we, we just, it just gives us something to talk to, uh, to talk to about and all that jazz. And it's just, it, it's great. Um, no, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot of the, the point fingers at Nintendo get, get your ass in gear, you know? Um, and, and, in in a lot of way, in a lot of ways, I mean, most of the ways they're, they're right. Like it, Nintendo really, has well game freak honestly um has really like slowed down in terms of the quality of pokemon games like i played um scarlet uh, i had violet uh, out of the two scarlet and violet i had violet and like you know it's 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 kind of just the normal pokemon game like they keep at trying to add their constant new changing of the gimmick of for the pokemon is fine other than the fact that it is re then removing the previous gimmick like that th that has always been a thing for me that's like uh, the the biggest travesty that i think most people in pokemon can agree to is like removing mega, mega evolution that that like 
Mega Involutions were presented in X and Y, which in my opinion is the weakest Pokemon game ever made because it had like no end game. Like once you beat it and there was nothing left to do in the game. Um, no, they introduced Mega Evolutions there. They were awesome, giving old Pokemon a new form, new abilities, you know, just ma making them look cooler. Mega Rayquaza was my favorite because Rayquaza is still my favorite. Like, you know, something like that was awesome. Um, but then just, we just get out of it and into like, hey, the, it's, oh, it's gone now. Here's Z moves. And everyone's like, oh, Z moves are like ultimate moves for your Pokemon. Well, these are, these are cool. I w actually, no, I, I'm sorry. You could still Mega Evolution in that game too, but they added Z moves and they were like, oh, and you get an ultimate move and it's cinematic and very flashy. And then they got rid of that. And like, all right. And it's like, okay, here's Dynamaxing. You make your Pokemon a, the size of Godzilla, like Kaiju battles and stuff. And it's like, okay, this is weird, but all right. And then they're like, hey, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to put a big old crystal hat on their head that can change their type. Uh, Terrestalizing, which is still a pain in the ass to pronounce. Um, so that's the current thing. And it's like constantly making these changes and then removing because then at some point we all you know kind of bleed into it and like okay you know maybe this isn't so bad and then they get rid of it and they use it replace it with something worse and, and not only that obviously you know game freaking nintendo in their vast amounts of power and money they still can't put every single pokemon that they have created onto one singular game you cannot get every, there are more Pokemon available in Sword and Shield than there are in Scarlet and Violet at the moment. And Scarlet and Violet has just had both of its big DLCs drop and an epilogue that added a mythical Pokemon. Um and they still can't get every single Pokemon under their game. And like that that's that's unacceptable. The fa I mean, not even to get get into the business that um uh Pokemon Bank for the DS is going to get shut down in the near future. That uh, on top of is you it? know, yes. Well, they said it, it's not going to get unplugged like the at the same time that the rest of the DS Wi-Fi connection stuff is going to be. But they did confirm eventually it is going to get plugged or unplugged. Awesome. So Pokemon Bank is going to be gone, which means all your Pokemon that you got from you know gen 3 and forward up onto the the 3ds you will not be able to transfer to pokemon home they they, they will be quote-unquote dead games or trapped in their own you know circle of stuff so like it's they have not nintendo game freak has not been doing the pokemon company has not been doing their own ip justice in the eyes of the players so you know Something like this to really, really shake up the shake up uh, the the fan base, be it you know the crying tryhard fans, or you know the the casual players like me that are like you know awesome. This is something new to do. I don't care if the 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 the, the pals look AI generated or blatant ripoffs. I find that hilarious. I think that's freaking um. <laughs> The fact that they got away with that is is amazing on its own. But you know, I, I'm I, I'm enjoying the game. There's so much to do about it. The, and the the fact that we got 
2 million players already into this, if not more and counting. And the, the servers weren't able to keep up with that early access game, which means only more to come. Like this, if, if this, if this doesn't scream, you know, this game's going to last a while or, and the only way um, Nintendo's going to keep up is make a Pokemon game that we actually like, you know, desire, like, Game Freak maybe needs to take the back seat because, like, when uh, Pokemon Arceus came out, that was probably the best recent Pokemon game within the like the re recent generations. Like, people like that style of Pokemon game, and th this Pal World is that style and then some. Like, it's the free roam, it's the exploration on top of just catching things. Um, battles aren't. Um, I know. I know. In um. Uh, RCS battles were still like turn based when you got into a fight, but that wasn't always a thing. You know, sneaking up behind uh, a Pokemon, throwing a ball into its back, like you know that that's in this game too. You get a bonus for throwing a a pal sphere into the the back of something, but like so there is so much to go going for this. Two million players strong to prove that, and like. I'm 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 excited to see the future, and I am excited to see how Nintendo reacts because they're they need to react violently if they're going to keep. And I don't mean like lawsuit violent. I mean like they need to get their ass in gear and make something that the players want. You know, another Arceus style game. I know a lot of people were thinking, you know, like Ancient Johto, which is very um Japanese themed, um or something. Obviously, Gen Five remakes are the next remake in order that needs to be, you know, dropped. And Gen 5 is, you know, considered one of the best gens out there. I, I played Black and White. I never played Black and White 2, even though those are, as Crusader said, some of the best in that a pre-owned is $180 plus and a fresh is 600 which yeah, is Pokemon games, Absolutely though. insane. I mean, I, what, the second best, arguably, it would be, like, Soul Silver Heart Gold. Um, I'm partial to actually. I think Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire were fantastic games in their own right, but that that's a lot about Pokemon. But obviously, what else is there really to compare with Power World? I mean, I first hopped into it. I'm like, okay, this is very Genshin like. I've never played the Breath of the Wild Zelda game, so like, I know that that's like the main system for that game. But it it felt like Genshin. You know, a lot of exploration. The combat was very similar to Genshin, and at least using a bow and arrow. At this point, I have a handgun and a crossbow. I mean, we haven't even gotten to assault rifles. I know Crusader really wants to get an assault rifle. Um, uh, but yeah, like th th this game is great. Um, I I can't wait for them to add more pals. I can't wait for them to add more zones potentially. Um, add just add more because like with survival crafting, they can add more building types. I mean, we're gonna have to make assembly lines at some point to give them power. And then we get to make our pals slave away at making grenades for us or whatever the hell we decide <laughs> to put on the assembly line. Like, th 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 this shit's ridiculous, and I love it. I love how ridiculous this game is getting um, the more I play it. Like, like Crusader said, our one friend has taken, like, the basic sheep that you start with and just has been maxing it out, and I love that. Like, you can just play the way you want. Do you want a min-max? Sure. Do you not care about min-maxing? You just want to shoot everything with a gun? Go for it. Like, it's 
the the amount of freedom and uh, obviously playing with friends is the best way um playing casually alone there's nothing wrong with that i think all of us are have our own single player worlds on top of you know joining this uh server together so like it, there's 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 so much to do and i can't wait to keep playing and <laughs> during before during and after the podcast i will continue to keep playing until i decide that you know bedtime is calling for me because i don't work tomorrow so i'm gonna keep playing power <laughs> um Hopefully, I mean, hopefully something will pull me away from it other game wise, and I'm sure there will. But like at the moment, this while we don't have a a quarter one release directly for Xbox, this is a good substitute for my time. And I think a lot of other people agree with that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I could keep ranting and I think it will go from ranting to uh, rambling at this point. So I think we'll pass it to someone else. But, yeah, no, mm. big, big. Big thumbs up from Dots RTS over here. Big thumbs up. All right. All right. Uh, thank you for the thumbs up on Paw World there, uh, Dots. Uh, next, I'll help Crusader and then go over to Centurion. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Crusader, I know you've been playing a lot with Dots. Uh, again, uh, do you concur with what uh, Dots has been saying here? Yes. Um, I, I actually, I, I, like, I love everything about the game i thought it was gonna be like craftopia when it came out now it is very like much like craftopia but without like the the horrendous bugs that craftopia had the best way to describe this to someone who's looking at it is really not pokemon with guns um i mean that's what you visually get from all the trailers and stuff uh the best way to describe it is actually arc survival evolved but with pokemon instead of dinosaurs um it plays it, it, it plays exceptionally like an arc survival evolved with Pokemon to catch and the kind of uh like stamina exploration systems of Breath of the Wild. Um it is so much fun. It is so much dumb fun. You have to like the kind of survival crafting kind of um genre of games to really like super enjoy it. Um that being said, there's a ton of custom settings you can set for custom difficulty to make it so you can earn XP faster or that your catch rate is just higher or that things craft faster, things like that. There's a ton of custom settings that you can turn on. Uh, I can supposedly do them on my server. I have no idea how because the server GUI and everything is absolutely miserable. Um, uh, compared to something like hosting a Minecraft server, it, this has a lot of work to to go but um it yeah i am hosting a 32 player steam server um probably the biggest downside to it right now is the state of the xbox and windows store versions the actual game pass versions they're not in a great state um they have a lot more bugs and problems than the uh steam version uh because they have to get stuff passed through Microsoft certification process, which means that they can't just release a patch like they can on Steam. Uh, and they've had some stuff waiting in certification since before the game launched to get into the game that uh, unfortunately didn't make it to a day one patch. Um, the Xbox and Windows versions are also unable to uh, do the 32-player um, multiplayer. They're limited to four players, which... Might not be a problem for everyone. It was definitely a problem for our friend group because within the first couple hours of the game being out, 
we were doing it in a four-player co-op world, and we realized that we had about 10 people who wanted to play with us. And so I very quickly figured out how to um, do all the um, the hosting stuff on uh, one of the machines in my basement to, to host a server. Um, and so cross-play and allowing for the 32 players on console to, to be able to host a server and actually be able to connect to that hosted server on console is a probably a, a a big feature that the the game really needs um because like i said it like 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 that said it is way more fun when you're playing with, with friends and if the four player the, the other thing about the four player um co-op one uh, a big limitation of that is because it's not independently hosted you have to have that host online because like your character is uh world specific right like your single player character is not the same as your multiplayer as like a character you join with uh one friend or a character you join with like the the 32 player so like when we go to our single player uh it is legitimately a separate character completely with different things caught and stuff like that like it it's it's um and so when you're limited to four players on console you're also you, you can't have a dedicated server so any um uh any you you need that host player to be online in order to connect and play in that multiplayer world so if like three friends are ready to go but the host isn't ready to go then you have a you have a problem um but yeah the game is is really good my favorite pal is chill it you can find it as a level 11 boss near not too horribly far from the initial spawn they put you at. Uh, it is an ice dragon weasel, and it is freaking adorable, and mine's name is Charles. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I, I love the game, and there's mm -hmm. so much to do for everyone, like building houses. Like, we have one friend who's doing nothing but, like, building houses and uh, barricades and defenses and things like that. Um, we have one friend who's, like, doing nothing but gathering resources. We have one friend who's, like, Dots is, like, exploring nonstop and trying to, fly, like, catch them all. Um, I've been doing a mix of everything. Like, it, it is just, it, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do recommend mm -hmm. the Steam version, and that's probably why the Steam, like the Xbox version, hasn't hit huge numbers on the store or in uh in the Game Pass metrics because like it is just behind the the, the Steam version in tech in in, in its technical prowess. Mm hmm. Like well, again, I can just imagine these numbers kind of uh, lighting up. Uh, Microsoft and the Xbox's interest in the IP because wow yeah yeah <laughs> for sure um I I've said it for a while people can go back on episodes on this and I said that Pocket Pair is probably a uh, a studio that they may be targeting in the future because they're a Japanese studio they're literally ten yeah. minutes from the Pokemon company like they are ten minutes down the road from the Pokemon company like that cease and desist can be handed out in person um <laughs> not that I think that they'll actually get a cease and desist or anything but like. Yeah, um, the uh, this is probably a, a studio that um, Microsoft would be looking into. Um, I, I and oh, uh, did you say one that they hit one million concurrent? I in, in your intro, I believe so. Yeah, it's... it is actually up to what the, the highest today is 1.3. Holy crap, it just it keeps updating is... and updating. Oh. It, so Typically, your highest peak will be at around eight or nine Eastern Standard Time in the morning, because that's about the time when you have the most um, overlap between uh, the East Coast, Europe, and Asia all at the same time. Um, 
that uh so expect peaks like that now when a game first comes out the peaks can be all over the place as people are it like depending on if preloads were available or things like that like no preloads were available for this it went up for sale the second it went live right so like we had like the, if you look at the first day the the, the metrics kind of keep going up into the second day but if you look at today it, it did drop back down and so expect it to normalize and if you're looking for new peaks look at it around eight or nine eastern standard time um Maybe even as uh, as far out to ten or eleven Eastern Standard Time. Um, I expect that we won't see if we see peaks this week. We might see another peak tomorrow or Tuesday, but I would expect we wouldn't see more peaks until next weekend. Um, personally, if if it if it is to continue to grow because of the work week starting. Um, just like mm-hmm. as a metrics person, that that's how it is. But yeah, this is th- this is the second highest paid game concurrent uh, uh, concurrent player count ever on Steam. The only thing that had more concurrent players when it was a paid game was PUBG. It's no longer paid, but its record was while it was paid at three million concurrent players. Just nuts. Um, but it's it, it dethroned all of last year and the year before's biggest hits, Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. Elden Ring, um, uh, Baldur's Gate, and uh, Hogwarts Legacy. All massive games that had massive newsworthy launches. This game crushed them all. It's insane, <laughs> insane metrics. Um, the only things ahead of it now are games that are free to play or uh, that that are free to play. It came within three thousand of Dota two, three thousand concurrent players. Um, one of Steam's largest games. Like 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 it's just mind boggling how many people. Like it, it it had the most players of any game on Steam beating out CS uh, uh, Counter Strike two. Like that's nonsense numbers. Um, like like. I'm actually shocked at the performance of this game. You and me both, Crusader. You and me both. I'm shocked it's good, but like, the, you know, I will play anything if it's good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I was hoping it would be. I didn't believe it would, but here we are. I got a crossbow, <laughs> and I'm standing next to an ice penguin. It's pretty freaking great. <laughs> uh, yeah, No, I mean, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the game doing well. Uh, next, I'll go over to Centurion and uh, get your thoughts on this scent. Uh, I don't know. Have you been playing uh, Power World at all since it came out? Uh, at all? If so, uh, got any thoughts on it? I played it for about an hour. Um, <clears throat> what do you? Right. It was definitely on my. It was. It was on my radar at first, and then when I saw Crusader come out and compare it to Ark, Ark was actually a game I passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, I mean, I've played it for an hour. I can see where it could be f- a lot of fun with friends, which is where I really do feel that both Crusader and Dots have a major advantage when it comes to liking that game because A, they're playing it on a very large level with friends. They're also huge Pokemon fans. I have never played a Pokemon ga- game a day in my life. Um, and that's where I'm almost leaning towards that, you know, I, I checked this game. I'm hoping that maybe it's just still too early. Like there's no story to the game, right? 
uh, a vague really one. loose. Yeah. There's like there's, there's no audio there, or not audio logs. There's little like text logs that you can find. Um, and See, there's that, there's that's like where I yeah. just feel a lot of games. I'm sorry, but when you make a game that has no narrative, at least for me, you're like living on borrowed time. Like you, all I'm just saying is like, so they're pretty much uh, the next Fortnite. If they can, if they can do what Fortnite does and keep up on updating the game and keeping PAL world relevant, because if they don't do that, I, I see people getting bored of this very quickly. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it. I'm just gonna say it's great to see that they have a big breakout success, but now it's time to see what they can do in the long run. Um I'm glad to see that Microsoft was able to score this as a game pass uh, as a game pass game. Um I believe it is also a timed exclusive for the Xbox ecosystem. So um game I'm not you know, everybody always tried to make jokes about Xbox, you know, not thinking Baldur's Gate 3 was uh you know going to be as popular as it was well the funny part is even larian didn't know it was going to turn into that um so other than rogue situations like that it, it, i do say xbox is doing a good job of recognizing what is going to definitely help the game pass service it really stinks that their certification process is kind of hindering some of the patches uh, but you know, um, now that I've seen this game and it does a little bit remind me of Fortnite with Pokemon, um, that's where I'm definitely, I'm just going to say, I'm going to be curious on what the, what they can do in the long run. The, the big thing that's going to help is they are expecting, uh, that one of the plans on their roadmap is, um, uh, Steam Workshop mod support, <clears throat> which if they can get that out fast enough, they can build a community on Steam that will last forever, that will make its own content. Um, right. Because I could see this being a Gary's Mod style game. Where the, Do you know what Gary's Mod is? Yeah, I know what it is. Um, Gary's Mod was a kind of standalone game that was based on the Source engine from uh, CSGO and uh, Half-Life 2 and Portal, and was basically completely generated based off of like users' mods that were uploaded as game modes and users' maps that were uploaded as maps, all based off of stuff from Source Engine games. You had to own the other Source Engine games to have access to the engine stuff. You had to have like one of them installed. And it it's still played massively to this day for things like, uh, if anyone's heard of TTT or Truffle and Terrorist Town, uh, it's a, that's a huge, huge thing on um on, on Steam, and so I could see this being something where it, it gains a ton of success because people are making their own pals and things to add to it, um, which again could be a huge boon on Xbox too because Xbox allows mods. So like, imagine if there's like a a um like if this game gets mod support. And to note, it's not a time a proper timed exclusive on Xbox. Xbox allows for early access games and has a special program for early access games. PlayStation does not. Which makes it a timed exclusive. Because yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not... Microsoft didn't go out and... Uh, for being uh, a bunch of dumbasses for not yeah. having a program like that. Right. Hmm. Uh, I, I just don't want, it, I don't want people to think that Microsoft went out and like paid for the time exclusivity. I, to my knowledge, they did not. Like, Craftopia still isn't on... Um, uh, 
PlayStation either, because that game's also not out of early access, and I don't think it ever will be. I think that game will be shuttered uh, with the success of this game. They will move on to this game. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, and that that is one of the big successes that Microsoft has is that they allow these early access games, and they do have a special certification process for the early access games, but like they do probably need to work on that a little bit more for early access so that like fixes can get out faster. Mhm. Mhm. Anything else to add, Centurion? No. Like I don't. Like I said, jury. For me, the jury's still out. I'm gonna still try to dabble in it a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, but I definitely uh, would say that you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I have my games as a service, which is Elder Scrolls Online, and that's where to me this isn't like exactly, like you know. Uh, my cup of tea so i'm trying to give it the old college try but I, I, the whole time i'm playing it i feel other games calling my name so that's where i'm at all right fair enough fair enough again usually i i don't uh i'm not into the these See, types so much so but i would agree but now that's the only thing there is a game called um farm together that i play with me and my wife and sometimes she doesn't play and sometimes i play by myself which is essentially just going around and growing stuff and creating revenue to, to grow more stuff and to grow your farm and unlock stuff. So I've I've played games like this, but just for whatever reason, this one is not becoming as addictive as like when I played farming together. All right, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, honestly. Uh, let's see here. Moving on to Grimes. Grimes, I can't remember if you uh, got a chance to play Pal World at all, but uh, at least so far, what are your impressions of the game? At least, like, you know, whether you've been playing it or uh, just like the social media around it, because it's just become such a huge game within the past couple of days. Yeah, definitely. I'm currently level nine, so I haven't played as much as Dots or Crusader, but uh, I've definitely played at least over six hours of a game but uh yeah so i never imagined myself ever playing a a pokemon like game uh and you guys have already said a lot about the game so i'm gonna keep it short but yeah i'm having a blast playing the game and like crusader said um the Xbox version is very buggy at the moment. I get I get uh, a lot of T poses here and there. Um, uh, also, it's not optimized very well on the Xbox. Uh, my Series X sounds like a jet engine whenever I play the game, and it has a, all the textures are very low res. I'm sure that's a lot of things that they can fix, and especially the textures, it's they can uh, change them to higher res textures at any time. But uh, yeah, I'm loving everything about that game. It's uh, fun and addictive. Um, also, my, my only complaint, I would say, is that when you craft an item or something, you then have to uh, click again to acquire that, uh, that uh, item. And I often forget, so I have to go back and uh, 
grab it. But, that kind of uh, helps as a multiplayer thing so that you can craft something and then a teammate can pick it up instead of you every time uh-huh. instead of going straight to your inventory. But that 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 is still I, I agree with you that I, if I'm making something for myself, it's annoying having to be like, oh, I have to hit it again. But at the same time, also, sometimes you're not even the one working the table. Sometimes it's just a pal that you have working the table and you've gone off to do it in your own thing and you come back and it's done sitting in the table and you walk up and then you press X to acquire it. That's awesome. I still haven't gotten that far. I mean, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun game. Uh, you know, obviously it's not the best uh, thing in the world, but what really matters is that it's engaging. It's fun to play with your friends. Um, and that's what a game should be about. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Crusader mentioned this, but it would be interesting which one of the big publishers is going to be interested in uh, acquiring... Um, I forgot the name of the studio, but... Uh, yeah, Pocket Pair. I mean, I'm sure Take-Two, Epic Games, Microsoft, maybe even Nintendo and EA could be keeping a close eye uh, to see if the success, success of a game keeps on an upwards trajectory. And then, uh, but even if, even if they buy it, uh, it's not going to be a cheap uh, purchase after the success. So it could be another My- Minecraft uh, purchase. You know, a, a very basic, simple game that c- can cost several billion dollars. But uh, yeah, I'm just having fun. Uh, and I'm going to keep going till level 50 or whatever. Yeah. For uh, Achievement Hunters, it's actually not that hard of a 100%. Like, it'll take some time, but it's not very hard. It's like, capture 90 unique mons and do all of the, like, major boss fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'm, like, 200 uh, achievements, and I've got 16 uh, pals so far. There's 10 achievements worth, um, uh, each worth 100 gamer score. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I did notice the achievements. Uh, it doesn't look too bad, but like you said, Crusader, uh, you know, yeah, put in a little time for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, uh, Gen- General MLD, why don't you uh, round us out here? Um, have you uh, spent any time with Power World? Yeah, I'm not gonna take up too much time here because I haven't played it yet. I have a personal preference that if I'm gonna play a game, I want to play it at its best. So. Uh, I don't. I don't want to burn out on what is early access. I w- I would want to wait until it's finished. Not. I'm not knocking anybody else who is enjoying it. Good for you guys. It's just just my own thing. That said, um, I'm I'm blown away by how popular this game is, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. It shows that shows that there is a demand for a Pokemon-like game, because I do also feel like Game Freak is getting a little sloppy with their Pokemon games, so. And uh, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It, it, it looks like it, it can improve and add to things in so many different areas. So um, 
It was mentioned before, this could be another Minecraft kind of situation. I hope uh, Microsoft uh, takes a look at these guys. Um, make sure that if it's a long-term viable game that can stand the test of time, get on top of it. Because we all know Xbox needs more Japanese uh, support and this would go a long way. Especially if, again, it, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's in, for, in for the long haul. If it's the kind of game that will burn people out within, uh, within the year and pe people don't go back, then okay, then we got an issue. But if it stands the test of time, Xbox, keep an eye on these guys. So that's all I got to say. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, guys, anything else before we uh, start closing this one off? Yes, no? Uh, I guess we, um, I don't think, Crusader, you didn't mention it, that we had one big actual, like, issue bug, which they have said, they have talked about, and they are going yeah. to address. But, like, I the, there's a file corruption issues at yeah. the current moment that, um, we don't know the exact cause per se, but... I, I got up to, like, level 15 in our server, and I just got off for the night, and then the next day, I was on, like, a forever loading screen, and so we found out that Crusader had to literally go in and delete I had to delete his character. user profile, yeah. Which, um... It I'm... seems to be a problem more prevalent on the 32-player servers, uh, and they have addressed, like, literally the main menu when you log in. It's like, hey, there is an issue. We are aware of the issue. We are aware it's critical. We are working on a fix right now. Which is to be expected. That's like the usual early access kind of thing that I've come to expect from like any early access game that I play. Because you're basically paying to play a beta. Like, and it's outright, you're being told that it's a beta. Right. Yeah. Um, like, that's the whole point of early access. You are helping, you are paying in the early to play an unfinished version of the game so that the devs can have funding and can continue and get feedback from you. How much is it on Steam? Uh, it is. It has a launch sale on Steam. It's twenty six dollars. Okay, not bad. So it's regularly thirty. Yeah, that's uh, not bad. It, it launched at twenty six because they they wanted to celebrate that they they hit second most wish listed game on Steam. So they they did a they did a launch sale. I don't know if there's a launch sale on Xbox or not. I didn't actually look. Um, Xbox can allow for those kind of sales. But it usually has to be known ahead of time, and they set this launch sale up on Steam like two days before it came out. And I don't think it's been in... It, it, well, it obviously hasn't been in uh, Game Pass long enough to qualify for the Game Pass 20%. I think you have to be in for three months. Yeah, it, it's not on sale on um on, on Xbox, so it's $30. It's $29.99 on Xbox. All right, all right, good to know, good to know. I'm just enjoying that uh, Game Pass, though, Game Pass with uh, Pal World. Yeah, I'm going to end up doing my single-player playthrough on Xbox for the achievements, and I'm going to do, I'm doing my multiplayer on Steam. Nice, nice. Okay, I uh, I think that's all we're going to have time for tonight, guys. Um, again, we went into a lot of detail. Uh, again, great chats surrounding the Xbox Developer Direct. Plus, lots and lots of talk about uh, the talk of the town right now, Pal World. Thanks to everyone that joined us tonight. It's always appreciated. Uh, please remember to smack the like button, share out this show, and subscribe to the channel if you're, again, if you're new here. You know, you just kind of wandered in and like, hey, who are these guys? Hey, it'd be great to have you stick around. 
Next, over to the outros, and I'll start off with crew. Uh, actually, you know, I'll start off Centurion. Centurion, bud, how you doing? Uh, not bad. It was a great show with you guys. Definitely enjoyed all the back and forth. Uh, for those interested in me and my content, please check me out on YouTube, Xbox Live, and X at Centurion1307. And you can also find me right here with this great group of gentlemen every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. Well said, well said. Next, Crusader. Crusader, bud, where can everybody find you? Hey, you can find me at Crusader3456 on most forms of social media and all of the gaming platforms. Uh, you'll probably see me talking about Power World a lot this week. Um, I, I've also been playing uh, Ion Fury, so you'll see me talking. I think it's called Ion Fury. Yes. Boomer Shooter. You'll see me talking about that, too, because that's the, that's the other game I'm playing right now. So, like, yeah, follow me for very strange and weird coverage on uh on, on twitter check out my guides for ion fury i got some good achievement guides there <laughs> all right um let's see moving over to general mld general hey good stuff tonight where can everybody find you yeah it was a lot of fun tonight good chat you guys could find me at mld ghost on x and gamer tag ghost mld yeah, we'll see uh, how Power World does. It's uh, doing great numbers, but I'm sure we'll find uh, other news to talk about next week as well. Oh, there's always news these days in the Xbox uh, sphere as well as just general gaming all all around. Uh, never a dull moment. Never. Going over to Grimes. Grimes, hey, good stuff tonight as well. Uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, great chat as always. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Fake Mayhem OG. But yeah, I love the uh, discussions with you guys today. All right, good stuff. Over to can you hear? Yeah, yeah, I heard you. Uh, going over to Dots. Dots. Hey, again, good stuff from you as well. Uh, loved your commentary. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, no, you can always find me at DotsRTS on Twitter and on Xbox. Um, always happy to be here. Another great Sunday night. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> great, great start to 2024 for real. I concur. I concur, my friend. And of course, I'm Invader. You guys can find me on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Been putting out some guides for, <laughs> as uh, Crusader was saying, uh, Boomer Shooters. Uh, not Ion Fury, though. Been doing uh, Forgive Me, Father. Working on a review for that. And uh, some other things, too, in the works. But yeah, check me out on my YouTube. Excellent, excellent stuff tonight. And we look forward to seeing you all here on the next one. Later, guys.